Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program. How you living, threes? Living the dream, sir. Living the dream. Yes, you are. Does it feel like game week? Nope. I I can't believe it. Like, we play Thursday. I know. We got a game Thursday. You're calling a game Thursday. I know. Uh, You got Buckeyes at Soda on Thursday. And I, it's it's hard to wrap your head around. I guess it feels like it has to be. We're almost to September, so it's got to be time. Um, It'd be nice if it cooled off a little. That might help. <laughs> might help. <laughs> no, you well, know. You know. I, but, I wouldn't mind a, a September of heat. You know, to kind of justify my in, investment this summer. Wouldn't mind a that, September. Well, of course, yeah, of yeah. Invest, I mean, you know, you just got to make that even. That's why you got the heater, though. That's why you got the heater. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I look forward you know, to that. I look forward to that. Bill. Yeah. You have a nice weekend? Everything good? I did. I had a great weekend. Great weekend. Um, what did I do this weekend? It's a great question. We had soccer. Oh, soccer. Yep. Yep. So uh took Hayden a while, but we finally got her. I, I wouldn't categorize it as playing, um, but running around aimlessly. Yep. So we got her at least a sweat. <laughs> That's always a win with Hayden. Uh, she doesn't like to be hot. Uh, so that was a win. Um, London had a great time uh, in her game as well. They they had a draw, so it was zero zero. You know, no one was there able to put it in the net. Um, yep. But yeah, man, it was great. It was awesome. Um, it was absolutely awesome. So it it was a it was a good weekend. Um, not too busy, which is always which is always great. Um, and and it was a fun weekend. So Calm before sun- the storm. Sundays, what we're trying to do now is on Sundays is we had them previously scheduled. We had London signed up for cheer and stuff, and then it was kind of like. We're, we're, I'm so busy during the week, yeah. you know, and sure. a lot of these Big Ten stadiums. I mean, at least the first two weeks here, I won't be able to get home till Sunday, right? Um, and so it's like let's let's make Sunday a chill day, you know, yeah. a chill family day. Uh, Appropriate. So, and oh, how about this? So with YouTube TV, I discovered I'm like, gosh, you know, I'm, I want to call into the show on Friday since I can't do it. I want to react to the Buckeye game. Yeah, right. Um, I'm sure as hell not staying up Thursday night till like one in the morning when I have a six a.m. flight to watch no. this game, you know. So I go on YouTube TV and I'm researching, and they're like, "Oh, for an extra nineteen ninety nine, you can get four K yeah. streaming," which I didn't care about. I mean, whatever HD four right. K, whatever, it's all clear. Right. Um, there's <laughs> yeah. some, there's some, like Greg's listening right now, just screaming, "You idiot!" It's not right. the same. Anyway, um, right. I understand that, but you get the point. For nineteen ninety nine right. a month, I don't watch that much TV to really care. But anyway, it was like. Download, download your DVR stuff offline. Oh, and I was like, huh? Off the and, it's, line. and it says, guess what it says? It says thirty day trial. Oh, so perfect. it's free for the first thirty days. You can cancel any time. Sure. So, what do I do? I sign up for it. I set reminder for the 29th day. Sure, you did. And I say, I really just only need this for Thursday, so I can download it. Yeah. Off the line, and then watch that game 
on the Friday flights. Perfect. And there you go. I will have the Perfect. Buckeye game watched by the time I land and yeah. call you. And so, yeah, yeah, man. So that was well, a big win fun. for me over the weekend. You know, a little a research there. It's a huge Today's win preparation determines tomorrow's success, man. I've lived yeah. it my whole life, you know. <laughs> it was um, it was an interesting weekend with the week zero stuff. Um, yeah. In the, in the sense of it was kind of disjointed. There was high school football on throughout. Uh, yeah. Apparently a fictional school or maybe fictional school in Columbus played on ESPN that got a lot of attention. I covered high school football every single Friday for seven years in this town. I never yeah. heard of Bishop Sycamore. Doesn't mean that it ain't. I just don't know what it is. I never heard of it, and I didn't watch the game. But apparently, IMG played them, and then this, and then Bishop Sycamore played like on Friday, and then they played in Pennsylvania. Then they played in Canton against this IMG team on Sunday. Um, ESPN's claiming that they didn't know anything about it. I find that to be absurd. That they would like you're going to put somebody on ESPN one, and you don't know who they are. Um, they were lost fifty six to nothing. Like it's it was. I, I'm just. Grabbing from thirty thousand feet, trying to Where make sense we? of it. Where are we? What are we doing? What are we doing here? What are like, we doing? All right, you want to play IMG against somebody? Then play Pick Central. I mean, let's yeah. let's go. Let's play somebody, you know, who's who's got a little juice to him. Um, yeah. But it, I, you know, obviously we're two weeks into high school football, so you're not going to be playing. The only teams that could play like an IMG would be, you know, like Saint Ignatius or Saint Edwards yeah. up in Cleveland or Hoban and Akron or uh, that's right Saint X. Those type of schools that are private. Those are the only teams that could play, you know, a schedule like that. I would assume all the public schools would be locked into their schedules uh, by now from a from a made for TV standpoint. But I, that was crazy um, trying to make sense of that. And I'm thinking to myself when they said on the thing they're out of Columbus. I'm going, geez, I covered Columbus high school football for every single Friday and went to a ton of games. We chopper ten it down to games. I don't ever remember any Bishop Sycamore in my time. Uh, Bishop Hartley, sure, yeah, we got those. I I know those guys, but it was Watterson. Yep, absolutely. Sycamore, no, I got nothing on that. So I, pff, that happened over the no weekend idea. as well. Bishop Sycamore, yeah, Interesting. yeah. And I, I think if you're looking for the headline of of from a college football perspective, it's Nebraska. It's Nebraska, and so I had um high school, we had football games for the boys. Um, Saturday morning, Beamsy played at nine, uh, and then in the afternoon, uh, Black Cobra played and got a couple of dubs. You know, that's right, raising men. What we got to do? That's um, right. Had an interesting strategy that I'll get to in three things on Beamsy's team, and I I think it oh. maybe actually worked quite well. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit. But then I was uh, so I was catching up on DVR when you texted me, and uh, you texted me something to the extent of you know, same old, same old. And mm-hmm. and I said, well, I'm I'm catching up. So inevitably, what happens, and this is why this is why sports, the the sports rights deals are so lucrative, because you if it's something you care about, you really can't DVR it. You can't. No. no. Because what ends up happening is what happened uh, with, with on Saturday. So I was catching up, and then you go same old, and I'm like. Oh, the hell with it. Let's just get to where we need to get to. Yeah, let's just so, hit live. Let's just get to yeah. live. And I'll go back and watch it later if it's something that really yeah. matters to me or if I find out that it's important. And unless it's like a Buckeye or Browns game, I'm probably not going backwards. Right. I'm probably just going to pick it up where it was. So right. I hit live, and it's 30-9, to 9, Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you go, what happened? Yeah. What happened here? And then you go back, and you see what happened. And it was like, and then afterwards for Scott Frost to say, you know, the same old, this can't be the same old movie. Hey, coach, you're writing the movie, brother. You're right. directing it. 
Right. You're responsible for this. These are your players. You can't go saying we don't we don't have the toughness anymore. These are all California soft kids. You know that Mike Riley recruit. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. These are your kids, and you couldn't yeah. keep some of your best kids that you did recruit that transferred out, like Wandale Robinson. He probably would have helped against Illinois on Saturday. Uh, you couldn't keep them, um, and and so you've alienated almost everybody. You have no discipline. There's the att- the lack of attention to detail that they have is stunning for someone who speaks the way that he speaks. His press conference afterwards was befuddling, and. And that is certainly the headline, but I would say the co-headline is Bielema can coach it a bit. He can. And he can instill yeah. culture and toughness. And, I mean, the, the way that they ran the ball, they just stuck with it, the stick to yeah. of it. He gets Arter Sithkowski to go 12 of 15 for 124 and for Peters. Art. Yeah, Art. that's the thing. I mean, the hard, the hard thing for me, so, okay, you're right. It, it is It's the same stuff we've heard from Nebraska over the last, what, Three four years, yeah. It's um, penalties. It's they can't get out of their own way. You can't kick an extra. Point. You have a senior, very good p- player in Cam Taylor Britt returning punts. So a guy that you trust, senior, decides at the ten yard line to run backwards, catch it, and then try to throw it out of the end zone. Safety, dumb, dumb play. Everyone knows. Like you should know. Like Bo, you should be teaching in flag football. I'm sure you don't punt, but anyway, if you did, right, you should be teaching them. Put your heels on the nine, and you don't back up. Correct. If it goes over your head. And it stops at the two. Give you know what? Go go shake the punter's hand. Say well done, and get to the sideline. But that's you it. don't back up. That's no. day one teaching. So yeah. that's on you, coach. It's not being communicated clearly enough. And then you have your defense, which I thought, my goodness, the first half they played great. They knocked the quarterback out, three sacks. They're getting after it. They have playmakers all over the front. You know, the front got some pressure that I expect. I thought Caleb Tanner looked great. They have been behind him for the last couple of years. He looks to be better. And then all of a sudden. It's the roughing the passer, which you know how I feel about that. Did he drive him into the ground? Of course he did. Do I think it should be a penalty? <sighs> I don't know, but it is. It is. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It is it a is. penalty by the letter of the law. So you have to be able to adjust, coach. So that's coaching again. And then they get up and taunt. as a 30-yard penalty that then leads to a touchdown for Illinois later on in that drive. Same old Nebraska. You're marching down the field. Next thing you know, snap over Adrian Martinez. He's been saying Cam Jurgens is going to be elite. Came in as a tight end. He's going to be one of the best centers in Nebraska history. It's been two years now of bad snaps out of the center. That's coaching. It, you can't keep talking about this unicorn future anymore. These are guys who are now veterans who are making the same exact mistakes. Adrian Martinez played possibly the worst game I've seen him play in college football. It's not even your skill position. Wandale Robinson, exclude him. They had guys open all over the field. Adrian yeah. wasn't hitting them. Wasn't hitting them. No. And so you have guys open. Your quarterback's not playing well. Your fourth-year starter who owns a ton of records who you're, you're thinking to yourself, you chose him over McCaffrey, which, and I'm th- I, th- I still think that's the right decision. Look, McCaffrey wasn't making it rain through the air either. No. They both are very athletic quarterbacks. Adrian, I thought, displayed a little bit more. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's nerves or whatever, but he did not look very good. It was frustrating to watch. If you're a Nebraska fan, I can't imagine. But even just somebody watching the football game, you're like, dude, the plays are there. The plays are there. And they're just crushing themselves. That's why I said it's the same old Nebraska. Same stuff. Because it's, you're going to pick up 45 yards. Like, the amount of drives they have that are like 65 yards and they punt. And you're like, how the hell do they move at 65 yards and punt? It's because yeah. they get multiple penalties. They get backed up. Right? And it's just like, yeah. it, it, they can't help themselves. No. And I, I look at Bielema's team at Illinois. I mean, honestly, he he's the type of guy maybe that should be at Nebraska. Um, 
Because when you look at what they... So they ran it 48 times mm-hmm. for 167. That's three and a half a carry. Well, that's first down. Yeah. Three and a half a carry. Three, clay, three plays in a cloud of dust. Yeah. It's a first down. They yeah. were 15 to 19 through the air for 159. They were efficient. This is, a, this is Wisconsin. It's a Wisconsin playbook. It's Back Wisconsin in the day, and Art there looked like Jack Cohn. Yeah, it, it is for like sure. it is run the ball. Yep, play action, easy throws, and you know what? Hit one shot. By the way, Illinois' wide receivers, their most productive wide receivers in this game, Isaiah Williams, who was a backup quarterback last year and actually started a few games. Okay, they moved on the wideout in the spring. Deuce Span played wideout or played quarterback last year as a true freshman in a game where they had a bunch of COVID close contacts in the quarterback room. Yeah. And so it was like, I remember we showed up. I forgot who they were playing, Purdue. And I was like, oh, yeah, Brandon Peters is down. Isaiah Williams is down. So-and-so's down. So Deuce Span might get some action. Like, who the hell is Deuce Span? Who's he on my roster? <laughs> you know? He's the one that makes the, the catch down the sideline, which I think was a touchdown. They ruled it at the one. But he right. makes the, the key catch down the sideline. Two former quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's, be, it's beyond that too. In the, as Nebraska was trying to rally, I love I mean, Bielema being back. By the way, oh, because awesome. Bielema could go to Nebraska. Wish... Bielema could go to Iowa after a Ference. Yeah. He, he, him being in the conference, it's good. Yeah, I told you, like when we did it last week with the Big Ten West, who's a team that could? And I said Illinois, just because Bielema is going to play this style of ball. Yep, and he'll give it's him hard credit. to play against them. His team is disciplined too. They yeah, didn't hurt themselves. No, uh-uh. they had one fumble. And their D line owned the, like the second half. They were all over Adrian. They were better conditioned. Uh, they were yep. more disciplined. Uh, they were determined in what they were trying. to I'm not to sure do. Brett's better conditioned than Scott. But no, the team. No, I don't think he was yeah. either. But but he still. <laughs> I'm telling you, like he would do a hell of a job at Nebraska. He'd do a good job at Michigan. Like mm-hmm. he's the type of guy that you know you can recruit a certain player there, and you can play a different way, and he can kind of zig when everybody else is zagging. The the thing that kind of summed up. Samari Toure is the one of the receivers. Who's the other one? They had two receivers. Is it Omar Manning? They have Omar two Manning's re- the JUCO kid, and Omar yeah. and Toure is the kid from Montana. Okay, so those two guys. Neither one were on the field for the last drives. Yeah. Go read the. Uh, we have Mitch Sherman on from down there. Yeah, and he comes on with us, um, and, and we talked to him a couple weeks ago. And read his piece in the Athletic about what's going on there. They're not on the field. Mm-hmm. They're not on the field. It just doesn't make what, sense. What are you doing? What are you doing? It does not and, make and, sense. And there's no end. I mean, there's no way. I mean, they could lose to Buffalo. They could. They could have. They could win four games. They have a get right game this week, and then I'll go down there Fordham. for Buffalo at Nebraska, which will not be an easy one. No. Um. And then bloodbath. And then absolute. Yeah, their their schedule is not their friend. No, no, no. It's not their friend. Um, lots of college football on the program today. We will get into the Southeastern Conference as we continue our tour around the college football scene in the SEC West. Uh, Two-a-days hits the AFC. We hit the AFC East today. Hit you with the Bills. Uh, do a little on the Dolphins as well, or the Jets. Can't remember which one. One of those two. We'll get into that. Uh, all sorts of fun on that front. The Browns played their final preseason game. The Bengals did. Burrow and Baker both play. You'll hear from both from them. Some interesting cut-down decisions going to have to be made. And, of course, it is game week in Columbus. Buckeyes and Gophers will spend the week getting you set off and running. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over 25 years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, The Fan, Ohio sports destination. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. 
This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. My friends, mortgage rates absolutely plummeted. They are the lows of the year. Your home values at the highs of the year. It's time for you to take advantage of the situation with my friends at Neighborhood Lender. You can refinance now with Neighborhood Lender. Pay zero closing costs. Even skip your next one or two house payments altogether. They do this at Neighborhood Lender. They make financing easy, all digital, super fast platform. There's no paperwork, no junk fees, no big bank hassle. You can refinance right now and save the rate of your lifetime. You can lower your house payment with no closing costs, or you can refinance, get cash out of your home's equity. People are getting forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars out of their home, and they're paying off credit cards. They're remodeling their kitchen. Whatever you need to do, reinvest it into your biggest investment at your home. It's up to you. You need to act now, though. Get a better loan. Get cash out. Lower your payment. Pay zero in closing costs. Skip your next house payment altogether. Give my friends at Neighborhood Lender a call. 614-882-LOAN. That's 614-882-LOAN. NeighborhoodLender.com. 614-882-LOAN. Equal housing lender. NMLS 69349. Not all loans apply for no closing costs option subject to lender approval. So this is interesting opening on a Thursday. We've done this before. Uh, in the last in the last uh, twenty years or so, opened up on a Thursday, opened up midweek games. We've had Monday nights. We've had all sorts of things. Um, for for Ryan Day and for this team, um, with C.J. Stroud and with expectations and what people are saying, it's interesting. I was listening to Bruce Feldman um, talk about Ohio State over the weekend, and he said that he wasn't sure that we were that much better than Iowa, and and really questioned our defense, if the defense was good enough at Ohio State, and if um, and that C.J. was a, a pretty big step back from, from Justin and did not have us in the crew uh, or the category of other teams. And look, I'm not here to crush him. It's his opinion. Everybody has one. If you see flaws mm-hmm. in things, go ahead, point them out. Um, but there, when I was listening to the preview stuff over the weekend on game day and such, not as no one picked Ohio State to win the national championship. Lots of in the playoffs, but nobody picked to win the national championship. Right. So there are legitimate questions. And and while I disagree with Feldman in terms of I think we're quite a bit better than Iowa, although you've done a lot of Iowa film study in the last week, you have them this weekend. Um, the one thing that that I would say is while we have questions, you trust who's developing it. Yeah. And so as you go into Minnesota this week, where are your questions on Thursday that you want to see answered? Uh, obviously, quarterback is just—it's not a more of a question; it's more of a excitement to see yeah. who's there, um, see how he plays. Because I trust—I trust Ryan Day in the development. So, knowing how Coach Day develops, knowing his track record for bringing along JT Barrett to win a Big Ten championship, bringing along Dwayne Haskins to win a Big Ten championship, bringing along Justin Fields to. Go to the playoffs, you know, twice to to bring along now C.J. Stroud. Um, you just trust him, like this. I know we've talked a lot about the scenarios of like, oh, C.J. doesn't play well, so now it's going to go to um, Kyle McCord, and you know all these scenarios. Yeah, but ultimately, like the football part of me says that's not going to happen. Like right. what's going to happen is that C.J. Stroud is going to be extremely impressive because. Coach Day knows how to develop quarterbacks, and if he identified him as the best to win now, and he'll only get better, then I think that you're 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 in great hands. So we can play all the what if games, sure, over and over. But if he picks CJ and CJ's going to get better um, with Coach Day, I'll put it this way: Thursday night should be. It's obviously the most inexperienced, but it should be the worst you'll see CJ Stroud in his career. It should be with the way yeah. that he'll develop and get better. And so I'm I'm really curious to see what that looks like. But there are of course. Huge concerns on the defense. Yeah. Huge concerns on the defense. I get texts all the time from buddies that are in media across the SEC. 
Our guy Roman Harper texted me the other day. He goes, you guys going to st- still play that bum off coverage you tried to play against us? Yeah. He's like, that, your defense was so boring. You know, he's like, yeah. I was watching. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, buddy. I haven't done that deep of a dive into him. You know, um, I was like, I, I, last year I tried to just burn the tape after the after Bama game. You know, yeah, that was such a comprehensive, yeah, uh, whipping that it was hard to. We got out, we got out coached in the game um, schematically, and there's no other way to say it. Whenever you have Devonte Smith on a linebacker, it's coaching. Can't, can't have. They had they had studying. They saw it. They saw a tendency. They said we're going to get this matchup. They exploited it. Boom. Um, so the whole offseason has been about that. Right, it's been about beating Bama. It's been about changing things up defensively, not not wholeheartedly. Like we still believe in the cover three, cover one, make everything look the same system, and, and blitz. But technique wise, you finally had Coach Combs getting a full off season. Technique wise, with the DBs, uh, Coach Barnes getting his hands on things and really having an opportunity to uh, to dive in deep, you know, and, and figure out what those things are. So for me, it's def- it's defensively. Um, can I see? That I'll put it this way: If Mo Ibrahim has 160 yards rushing, yeah. and Tanner Morgan throws for you know 300 plus, but we still win the game 42-21, that's an issue. Because the goal You're isn't to right, beat the Gophers. Yeah. You know, like if you allowed Tanner to have over 300 yards and their running back to have over 100, and because right right there you're saying you know what they're really balanced. We're just better talent wise. We're just better talent wise, and. So, because if Minnesota can do that, more talented teams are going to absolutely exploit you. So, Minnesota can move the ball. I'm not saying they won't say, move the ball. Where's but, Minnesota on, on the you know most explosive offenses, most challenging offenses we play list? Up there. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's Indiana. Penn State just has better dudes. Penn State's got um, better dudes, areas. but I don't know. Is, is, you know, at quarterback, is Minnesota better? At Penn State, Penn I would State? say, yeah, I would think so. I yeah. feel like it. Yeah, I think he's a little better. Yeah, uh, you know, Maryland's interesting offensively. Certainly, yep. they've got yep. some dudes. Um, Indiana, um, I assume Oregon's got some guys. We know they've recruited decently, but, yeah. I, but I guess my point is that that this is a nice test yeah, for the is. things that you're bringing up. That this yep. is a top five offense we'll play this year that we're scheduled to play. You know, we're going to play teams in the playoff that are better, but in terms of th- that's on the schedule, yep. yeah, they check some boxes. Yeah. Yeah. They certainly do, don't they? I mean, yeah. it's, it's it a great a, opener. Yeah. It's going to be a it, – honestly, it's going to be a – you'll you'll be able to draw some conclusions. And, look, you're not going to be able to say, hey, well, for the rest of the year, this is going to be an issue. You're just not. There are certain matchups that will – be um, more advantageous for us than others, certain teams, certain players, all that stuff. But if you're still having the same thing, and look, there's sometimes, it wasn't like all last year, we, we just had people dropped. You know, it, It's a very different feel, I'll put it this way. Last year's a very different feel from how I felt under Greg Schiano. Under Greg Schiano, I felt we were doing so many things that were just unsound. Like, why do we have six people up on the line of scrimmage and no one off the ball, and they're running the football? You can't play linebacker from on the line of scrimmage every right. single snap. you got to play it from depth so you can read and react. Because football, it looks great, right? We have a little X here and an X there, and there's a three technique, and then there's a guy in the A gap, and every gap's covered, right? Every play is supposed to get stuffed. But then football happens, right? All of a sudden, that three technique who's on the outside eye of the guard in the B gap gets reached by an All-American guard, and now he's in the A gap. And guess what? When I'm five yards off... I can then run my butt to the B-gap and cover for him. Mm-hmm. And now we're covered. 
But when I'm up on the line of scrimmage in the A gap, and that guy's in the B gap, and he gets reached, and now you have two and one gap. And I'm not great at math, but that's bad ball. And now there's a <laughs> wide open B gap, and the running back's right. hitting it, and it's a 70 yard touchdown run because our safety is showing on the line of scrimmage, running to the middle of the field, and now he's out of position. It was chaotic. I don't yeah. have that same feeling. A lot of stuff last year was just, honestly, corners getting beat on jump balls, technique stuff that maybe you're hoping was just a lack of practice right throughout yeah. the spring and fall camp. So, But you will be able to hopefully, I'll put it this way, you'll have a good feeling about your, your team and where you're going if our defense shows out. And if they struggle, those questions won't get answered. right? And yep. although Minnesota might be one of the better offenses we'll face in the Big Ten, um, I'd say Indiana's better. I think Penn State's better, but you can't tell me that they're not third, fourth. I think Maryland might be right flirting with, with them. Maryland. Yep, Maryland's up there. So those four teams, as far as explosiveness, yeah. um, the other teams in the West, like Wisconsin and Iowa, will just methodically like when you watch Iowa on offense, you're like, it's 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 Bielema. It really is. It's it's running the football. Goodson will get like four or five yards in the second half. He wears you down and he'll pop you know bigger runs. But in the first half, it's like boring but it's constantly third and four yeah and if Petrus can hit a couple more throws especially deep then they're lethal because he's missed some guys same same thing as a uh, nebraska had he's just missed some guys deep so and defensively they're just so so sound um but for bruce feldman to say that they're talent wise come on I like he didn't bruce say feldman. talent he just said that, that he doesn't know for that much better than iowa that's what he said <sighs> and it's you know he was. He brought up a lot of. It was interesting though. He brought up a lot of questions of of our defense, um, but was really high on like Clemson's defense, who we had our way with, you know, a year ago. So it was. It's interesting. Well, and he said he said that he didn't think that we're that much better than Oklahoma. And I'm like, what's well, funny of, is the guy at Oklahoma yeah. we we fired, right? Or he moved on technically. Yeah, but it was kind of like a wink, wink. Right. Maybe it's time for you to go. Now that I I do think coming out of the first week, the amount of love for Oklahoma. I'm just dubious. I just have to see it. I got to see yeah. it in the trenches. I got to see it defensively. Um, you, you may not see it with them until you know the playoff. Frankly, yeah. and I think that the amount of credit given to Rattler to me, I would give the same. I would. Tr- I treat DJ the same. Yep. I think he's shown me just as much as Spencer Rattler has. Yep. When you're looking at quarterbacks around the country, going to be fun. Uh, week one this weekend and some incredible games uh, to get into, uh, including speaking of Clemson, Clemson and Georgia this week, which is going to be uh, all sorts of fun. Uh, NFL Cutdown Day is tomorrow at four o'clock. Browns and Bengals both wrapping up the preseasons. Baker and Burrow both played. Uh, you'll hear from them coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here in the fan. Leaving your jackets, flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. Your home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, the fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis's What's Up? What's up, man? What's up, Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a Monday, final preseason weekend in the books. Browns last night, uh, a winner over the Falcons. But uh, the headline, of course, is that that Baker Mayfield did play, uh, Mm -hmm. along with much of the first-team offensive line. Uh, I was surprised to see Kareem Hunt, but the rest of it I'm pretty sure we nailed last week when we talked about who would play and who would not. Hunt was the only one that really surprised me. He had one series, and then they went with Dearness Johnson after that. But the headline, of course, was Baker. uh, Let him down on that first drive. I love how Stefanski approaches preseason. We're not kicking chip shot field goals. Like I could, when when uh, well, what are you going to get out of that, right? Especially right. When What's one the point? kicker's hurt, and so you're like, right. I can't even get an accurate. 
I don't need any work from him yeah. on a 26 yarder. Like work on fourth down. Let's just use if it you as can't, work. If you can't make a 26 yarder, right. why, why are you here? What are we doing? And then uh, it was interesting juxtaposed to Arthur Smith, who on fourth and one near midfield punted. And I thought, why not use that as a si- who cares? It's a preseason. No one cares if you mm-hmm. win or lose. Like use that as a situation. You know, run the team up there. Try to get that that fourth down. What plays you're going to use? I didn't have Matt Ryan, but um, yeah. I was surprised they punted on fourth and one. But it, regardless of that. I like the I like the Stefanski approach to it. It was it was good to see Baker. I was holding my breath the whole time, especially with the news of J.K. Dobbins over the weekend, and just worried about turf and all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got two drives. They got a touchdown. He threw an absolute dime to Kadero Hodge for the for the touchdown on the second drive. Yeah, and he, he spoke afterwards about uh, how excited he was to be able to play. Getting game experience is always great. I think for the most part it was smooth. One false start by Jedrick, but. Um, need to clean that up, and just one misalignment at first. Little things here and there, but that's, that's in the preseason. It's to be expected, somewhat. So we'll clean that up, and uh, you know, start heading on to the Chiefs. What'd you make of the approach? I liked it. I, I think I think one thing that I liked seeing out of him playing was the fact of just how comfortable he looked. Yeah, like there's a sense like. It, his first throw, you know, timing, everything, he looked a lot more comfortable. It wasn't perfect, but he just looked, and I think Collinsworth pointed it out, he he looked a lot more comfortable, which is obvious, right? A full season. Um, yeah. And I thought Chris had a good point halfway through uh, last year. He finally realized, wait, this old line's pretty good. Yeah. And I trust. think they're protecting me, you know, and started to trust and – it goes to what we've always said about young quarterbacks. If you start to get hit a ton young, this is the issue with Joe Burrow. Like you get hit a ton, and it's even another level with Joe because of the injury. Mm-hmm. But you get hit a bunch, and then your clock starts speeding up. And it took Baker Mayfield a half a season last year to say, all right, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. These guys got me. They're going to protect me. Um, start trusting it. And I thought that was evident last year. I think he just looks so comfortable. Um, it, it almost looks, you know, bulletproof out there thinking like, yeah, my guy's got me. Like we got an elite, we got an elite team and there's a confidence, but it's not an arrogance. You know, it's, it's a confidence of like, we're going to go out here. We're going to move down the field. We're going to score. Let's get the work done. That's the sense I got yeah. from watching them. Yeah. And, and I think all of those things are true. I, I think it's actually remarkable. I don't think he gets enough credit for still being upright and not being ruined. Because yeah. it could have ruined him. I mean, let's go back. As a rookie, he did not get a single first-team rep because Hugh Jackson wouldn't give him one. Yeah. Not in practice, not in a game, not in a preseason until Tyrod Taylor gets hurt in the Jets game and he comes in and lights it up and he's a starter from that point on. But that's not smooth. Why yeah. is that not smooth? Because Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson are fighting with each other. So yeah. then Hugh Jackson gets fired. Todd Haley gets fired the same day. Now, all of a yeah. sudden, Freddie Kitchens, Greg Williams is the head coach. Freddie Kitchens is calling... Uh, Todd Haley's offense. Yeah. Well, that works pretty good, right? Because yep. Todd Haley's got a pretty dang good offense. But then they of elevate course. Freddie the next year. Freddie takes parts of his offense, and they bring in Todd Munkin, who they never got along. So now you bring in Todd and Freddie. Freddie's insisted on calling plays. So now it's Freddie's offense with sprinkles of, of Todd, Munkin, and, uh, and and Haley. And, that, and that's just a mess. That's a disaster, right? His yep. second year is just a, a waste, and it really could have broke him. It really could have broke him. Credit the Haslam family for making the fire after one year, saying yep. this ain't it. Yep. And not only that, not only firing Freddie, but firing John Dorsey. Yep. Saying this was chaos. Yep. We can't have it. 
So they make the hire. Now, Stefanski comes in, but you got to build trust now. And let's remember that Freddie was Baker's guy, and John Dorsey yep. was Baker's guy. So now he's got. So when you talk about trusting the offensive line, it's not just that. It's I got to tr- now. I got to trust my offensive line. I got to trust this coach that he has my best interest. He didn't draft me. Andrew Barry didn't draft me. John Dorsey did. He's gone. He's fired. Yeah. Do these guys yeah. even believe in me? So they had yep. to fight through all of that, and they won twelve games last year. And he went twenty-eight touchdowns, six picks. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Th- I mean, he's got. You see it. I mean, this is why they drafted him number one. And Orlovsky tweeted this yesterday. And we, you and I have talked about this a lot, but I don't know that it's given the proper attention. The kid's got a cannon. Mm. He's got a. It's a hose. He's got a big time, big time arm. That that play action boot left throw to Kadero Hodge over the defender who's standing right in front of him. That's a big time throw. It's a big time throw. You're right. He wasn't perfect. He had two balls batted down. That can't happen. Can't have two balls batted down. But the confidence is there. The belief is there. And they didn't have Jarvis, and they didn't have Odell, and they didn't have Nick Chubb, and they didn't have J.C. Treader. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to be good. They're gonna They'll be, be good. fine. Yeah. They'll be absolutely fine. And uh, watching watching that last night made me, made me more confident for the Browns this year. I know it wasn't a lot, but it just made me more confident. The, the demeanor and the body language and – Yep. And to be honest, the focus, knowing he wasn't even going that long, the focus was impressive. Yeah, he he really wanted to play. He lobbied to play. They let him play. Um, and I I think it was warranted. It was nerve-wracking, but it was warranted. Joe Burrow did not get two series. He got three plays. Uh, but he really wanted to get him. Um, and one other red flag developed in that one as well. We will get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. This is Bishop and Morinitis. And brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need of search and replacement windows, give them a call, 866-90-NATION today. WindowNation.com. They'll take care of you the way that they take care of us. Uh, Joe Burrow played three plays, and mm-hmm. it was kind of a mess. I mean, let's be honest. It, it was a mess. Uh, they went backwards, um, and and... He wanted to get out there. You're nervous the whole time he's out there. You just want him to be healthy, and this whole year is about that. Um, Burrow was asked afterwards, talked about not quite being 100%, talked about how he's instructed to avoid contact, all of those things. Uh, and so you can understand how he's looking forward to the season opener. Here's Joe on that. We're ready to go. I'm excited about this next week. We're, we have a chance to, to get our bodies right. Um, it won't be as, as taxing on the body. Um, physically, we'll be ready to go week one. I'm just excited to, to get the game plan and get ready to go. As you watch, as you watch the three plays, uh, what's the headliner for you? Uh, one of those three plays, the screen to Jamar Oof. Chase. That I mean, it's not fun. It is funny, but it is not funny. When we used to say, beat, beat him up, ball. <laughs> yeah, and this has been something with him. It's a real camp. deal, man. It's a it's real a, deal. It's a and real it deal. Away. It ain't no. going away. No. It is not going away. This is this is the football equivalent of the yips. Yep. Is what it is. Um yep. and he's in his own head about it. Um and 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 I don't know how you it's just time and patience. Um yep. but these he really needs to bust out of it quickly. This I'm not saying I'm not reinventing the wheel with the statement, but he's got to bust out of it quickly or it can dog him. 
It can, yep. you know, can dog him for the whole year, and you can say it's not a big deal. It is, a, you know, you, you basically just, you know exactly how this is going to go. It's, you know exactly how this is going to go. You know, he's yep. going to be dealing with this. So that's the one, you know, that jumps out to you is, geez, you took this guy where they took him. Yep. Um, a lot of people wanted Panay Sewell, and maybe yep. that's part of it in the back of his head. Maybe it's part of it that he didn't play football for a year. Um, who knows? But I'm, yeah. I'm, I said last week, I thought that part of the reason Joe was playing was maybe to unlock Jamar a little in the games because of the familiarity the two had. Yeah. This guy didn't drop anything at LSU. No. It's, it's, it is one of the most surprising things, I think, of the whole preseason, right? Yeah. Is this right here. Um, the fact that he can't. Even I mean that's a simple pat like that's not he's not just dropping yeah. you know deep balls where it's going through his arms and stuff I mean, it's simple stuff I mean that throw yesterday's jugs machine right to you that's all it is and it's it's obviously not going well at all for him no no and you know they for Cincinnati this year it's it's really just about Joe yep. That's it. It's about him getting through it healthy. Um, I am concerned still about their offensive line. As we talk about cutdown day, which is tomorrow at 4 o'clock, um, if I were them, I would probably call the folks up in Cleveland and I would say, hey, before you cut some of these interior offensive linemen, we may have an interest. Yeah. And if you got to throw them a six, throw yep. them a six. Yep. But they've got – I mean, there's probably six interior offensive linemen in Cleveland who can play in the league. Yep, and and they're going to have to cut them, and my guess is they're working the phones to try to to get something back for them because of how well they're developed there. But Cincinnati's going to need some help up front. They are, um, and they got to. It's going to be a nervous year all year. If you're a Bengals fan, you should be nervous yeah. all year. And, and yeah. it's more than just the old line. It's Joe's health. It's all those things. But it's also your top pick this year can't catch a normal. <laughs> no, and that's. I mean, I'm not saying it to be mean. It's just it's reality right now. He's having a really hard time. It's Markel Fultz. Um, it's like what happened to Simone Biles. Like it just gets, it gets in your head, and you can't get right. And we've seen the best athletes in the Tiger Woods happen to him chipping, couldn't chip, couldn't hit a driver. Yep, it is all life. Uh, yep. Real quickly, um, J.K. Dobbins done for the year with the torn ACL. Oh, it's heartbreaking, man. Oh my yeah. gosh, heartbreaking. Yeah, it breaks for him, and he was going to have a monster year, obviously for them. And and you you have to. It, you're correct to say, gosh, the future, is, it's cloudy yeah. because of the position he plays, because of the history, because of now, uh, you know, this, you know, the torn ACL and the rehab coming back from it. And I have to imagine, I mean, I just, I just remember a year ago is a little different because of, you know, with COVID, yeah. but that's a lone, when you lose, when you're done at the beginning of the year, that's a, a lonely, lonely year, man. lonely year, brother. Yeah. It's a very lonely year. Yeah. Very lonely. Um, it's going to impact big what they're going to do, too. Yeah. He's a huge part of what they're going to do offensively. Yeah. And now it'll be all on Gus Edwards, and they'll have to try and add some people, but those people aren't J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. So, I'm, I just, I just, I'm just, I, I, when I saw it, I was just sick for him, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's, a, that's a, I've never been through it as far as like the before, but I know, obviously, being friends with Sam and seeing the emotion and the, you're right. It's just it's knowing that for one, you don't get to do what you absolutely love. Like, sure, you you love practice, you love the game, you love preseason, all that because you love football, but you don't get to actually play in the real ones. 
I mean, for a, like you're a full it's, over. You're not. You're, you're a full over a year before you play a real game. And like, I don't know. Sure, if, he'll recover. He'll come back. Hopefully, God willing, he'll have a great OTAs, mini camp, all that yeah. stuff, right? And we'll be talking about next fall and all. But the actual game. I mean, he's over a year. Like, the year countdown to, like, man, I can't wait to just play a real football game again. That's not coming until, no. I mean, 300 and, what, 80-something days? Yeah. And the solitude of an NFL injury is, I think, from the from my vantage point of it, seems almost worse than college. You have to rehab, but for one, you're rehabbing either before early morning, before the guys get in, or you're rehabbing during meetings. So, yep. because guess what? They don't want to put you with the rest of the guys who are rehabbing or prehabbing that are actually still active and going to play. You're that, alone. that training room will be full. Yeah. They'll be full to the brim of guys getting treatment that are actually going out to practice that day. And so then you're like, no, hey, you're not playing. So get out of the way. Get out of the way. And then yep. when they go to meetings and the trainers decompress, then that's when you get your rehab all alone. You're not in meetings. Or if you want to go to meetings when they go out to practice, guess what? You can't get rehab then because the trainers are out of practice. Yeah. So the solitude is The solitude was hard. It's not just going around meetings and getting the treatment with the rest of the guys. No, like you are literally on your own schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it certainly is an island. Um, and in the AFC, from a football standpoint, it's an incredible blow for the Ravens uh, in an AFC that is just – chock full we start our previews of the afc we start with one of the contenders they are buffalo we hit them we hit them next bishop and lauren right here on the fan be drinking responsibly with a touch of class this is bishop and lauren so the cut down for nfl teams between uh, tomorrow, today, and tomorrow at four o'clock well, you have the insider come on give us the browns cuts aren't you in there with jimmy Was on the flight back. Um, I mean, honestly, how no, was the game? How was the new you, stadium I'll in Atlanta? I mean, <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um, you know, um, from what I saw, I was just in the box. Um, here's what I would say: um, the the name. It's pretty remarkable. I gave you this name last week, Malik McDowell. Mm-hmm. I was talking about him last week on the show. Yep. We remember him well because he was dominant at Michigan State and probably should have been a first round pick. But there was some off field stuff. This is all the way back in 2017. Um, he falls to the second round because of the off-field stuff, and then never plays a game in the NFL. He gets in an ATV accident the summer before he's to report to Seattle. And so is physically unable to perform, misses that year, spends 11 months in jail, um, has various transgressions off the field. Um, but we remember who he was at Michigan State. Remember how yep. dominant he was. Well, he's been that way in Cleveland. Dominant. Absolutely dominant. And there was a lot of time last week in practice where he was running with the ones. So when you think about cutting, I mean, he's definitely making the 50. He blew up the play last night. He just basically blew up the middle of the defense. Like, okay, that's enough. We've seen enough. Um, But when you think about getting to 53, I think about Tommy Togiai. Yeah. He's a fourth round pick, and you would have said safe. And they're going to have to make a decision probably on Togiai or Andrew Billings who sat out last year and is uh, just a space eater. Um, and there's not that much to – It's they just don't have – they've got eight guys on the defensive front, and getting down to that is going to be fascinating. And they may have Tommy's, – Tommy's been really solid um, and is, you know, he's strong as heck, but size, he's not that big. 
So yeah. that's that's some that would be somebody of concern uh, for them. But I, I think they're going to end up having to cut some really good players. They're going to have to cut some really good players. And that's so, when you know you have we'll a see. good team. Yeah, that's when you know you have a competitor. Where you're, yeah. you know, before you, if, as a Browns fan, you love preseason because you wanted to see the new guys. You wanted to have some offer of hope for the yeah. future, the turning around. You weren't really worried about cuts. You were worried about like these young guys, like new free age who. Is is there hope for the future for us? And now you're sitting there biting your nails, like, oh man, like I really like him at wideout, but is he going to make the team? Oh, they, they have a huge tough question with Cordell Hodge, yeah. who started last you, night. Who don't even know you have a real team though? You got a real who's competitor, a, yeah. And he's a legit. He's one of their best special teams players. Yeah, he was a starting third receiver. Same with Ernest Johnson, who's I think mm-hmm. a really good back. Mm-hmm. But can they keep all those guys? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. No, they can't. How many linemen can they keep? How many offensive linemen? One no, thing, they, Scott. One thing, one thing that they can do. That's I haven't seen that in a long time. One thing <laughs> they great. can my, do. My wife loves those movies. Anyway. Well, they're so great. You met your boy Greg Robinson. This happened with him. Uh, yep. Was they cut him to re-sign him? Now you could G-Rod. do that with yeah. veterans. Yep. Um, so they did that with him. They cut him. He was a starting left tackle. Yeah. And they brought him back and they signed him on Sunday. So you the reason why doing just that people with Malcolm know. Smith. Yes. So the reason why you do that is that. Veterans, once you get past year four, if you are a lot of contracts are if you are on the roster day one, it's fully guaranteed for the year. So what teams do is they cut you if you're now they're not going to cut you if they think that you know a whole waiver system, the whole deal, right? But if they think that hey, we're going to be able to get you back, they'll cut you to bring you back basically, so it's week to week, right? So if it's in, if you're inactive or you're down, oh nope, not guaranteed. So your your contract becomes prorated, essentially. You know, like, well, you were active on the roster this day, so you got this chunk. You know, you're right. And for Greg, you know, whatever, this is maybe like fifty k, well, right? And a he game. was this is maybe a hundred fifty k game. Boom, yeah, hundred fifty k game. Oh, you're not the next week. Sorry, not with us. And then, then boom, nope, no money. And well, so, the just, other it, thing that it's a way for flexibility it, for the team. It does. And the other thing that it did is, because they had an agreement with Greg that they were bringing him back and that he was going to start at left tackle. Yeah. Um, and and because he was a vested veteran, he was not subject to waivers. Yes. So there's a couple of guys that they can do that with and pay attention yep. to that around the league. You will see. Yep. Hey, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna cut you. You're not on waivers. You're staying here. You're part You're of our plans. Here, but, but this allows contractually, us to this gives us freedom. That's right. And trust big us. Problem, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And look, if you're right. a player like Greg at that point in your career, where you've been to multiple teams, what choice do you have? Right, he was going to start, and he was great yeah. the year before coming in right. and kind of salvaged them, and right. I thought salvaged his career, and then it obviously went south from that point on. And Didn't he get picked up for selling incredible amounts of weed? I'm not sure if he ever was in jail, but it was a federal drug charge, I think, yeah. where he was transporting a bunch of weed, but that's yeah. a whole other story. Um, the other thing that they have going there is Jacob Phillips, the linebacker out of LSU, with the bicep injury. He's not on IR, so that means he has to be part of the 53. Yeah, he's part of the roster. Yeah. yeah, so they haven't IR'd him, so there must be some thinking that he's coming back. But that's a spot now that is taken. Yep. So those are the, that's the type of stuff that's going to happen. And I think you could see some trades today. Translation, to you got a really good football team, Cleveland, and you're in the window. So capitalize on it. This team is, too, uh, as we continue with two-a-days, the Buffalo Bills. They are in the window. Uh, the AFC, as we're just getting into it, we got through the NFC. Outside of the NFC West and the Packers and the Bucks. Like there's to me, it's the three teams: the NFC West, it's the Packers and the Bucks. Those five are locks, and they're they're all contenders. The AFC, 
is pretty loaded. And and at the highest end, I think three of the top five teams in football are in the AFC, the Bills, the Browns, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Bills are ready to go. And you saw Allen over the weekend. He's lights out. Mm -hmm. Um, They appear to be lights out. I don't really see much stopping them. They went 13-3 and a year ago. That seems to be in play for me again for them. I think so, too. Um, I think the Bills are, are in, they're right there in their window. They're right there in that, that top. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Kansas City. I believe they have the, the ammo to do it. Um, Agree. I'm, I'm, I've I got to give Chops a hard time here. I mean, I'm looking at the thing here about the Bills, right? And uh-huh. I love how it says, key additions. And he puts Mitchell Trubisky in there. <laughs> um, gotta love it. But no, I <laughs> key key clipboard holder Gatorade mixer. Yeah. Um, Rousseau but, looks good on the defensive front, though. Yep, they have they have a bunch of dudes um, that can play ball, and I think that yeah. they're they're legitimate. They are absolutely legitimate in the favorites, obviously in the East. And uh, I'd be shocked if they weren't right around thirteen and well, I guess it'd be fourteen and three this year. Yeah. I, I was I was dubious of Allen just because the accuracy in college wasn't great. I mean, mm-hmm. he was wild. And early mm-hmm. on in his career, he was pretty wild. But go look at what he's done and how he's improved year in and year out. Mm-hmm. He's nearly a 70% passer now. I mean, he he sorted that out. Yep. Now, a big part of that, and we talked about this with Baker, same coordinator, Brian Dable. Yep. Whole time. Same yep. coaching staff. They, they 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 were smart enough to say, all right, we got a kid with a howitzer. What do we need on this offense to take it to the next level? We've got to have somebody deep who's yeah. a dude. Can't just yep. have somebody who can run. We need somebody who's deep, who's a dude. Okay, let's go get Stephon Diggs. And then they did it. Yep. They did it. And now they kind of have everything. They're incredibly well coached. Allen is certainly on, on a short list of any MVP consideration. Um, and it's a division that I think will be improved from a year ago, but still has a bunch of holes. Yeah. There's still a bunch of holes in the division. So you look at them and you look at their place in it, and you say, for the foreseeable future, they, they're they good. They're yep. right there. Now, the rest, yep. it's going to be a gamble on. And we saw the rumors with, with Miami, with Deshaun Watson over the weekend. Um, two is down there. Zach Wilson looked good in the preseason with the Jets. Mac Jones looks pretty dang good in New England. But yep. for right now, it's Buffalo. No, they're they're the obvious favorite in the in the division, and um, and I think that they when you look at the the roster that they've constructed, look, this is a very well thought out. Um, there are strategic pieces at, at almost every position for the Buffalo Bills. They, yep. I mean, Sean McDermott. This is a Sean McDermott team for sure. You know, it just. I, there are so many similarities here to to basically um, Ron Rivera, kind of who he's worked under before, right? There, there are you think about his days in Carolina um, as DC. Like there are just obvious. So when you look at them and you say, okay, DN, I, I saw Gregory Russo had a had a nice um, one of his games. I was watching. He had a pretty sick. It was rookie on rookie crime. Um, yeah. Hit a sick pass rush, but AJ Epineza from Iowa mm-hmm. uh, is in the two deep as well. That's with Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison at the at the ends. Ed Oliver, uh, Star Lutulele is there at the tackle. Just Matt They're Milano can front. play. 
Tremaine Edmonds can play, Tredavious Wright. Like as you make these, like as you name yeah. these guys, you're saying to yourself, okay, like great. <laughs> that, that's a defense, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And so the difference is playing great defense now in the National Football League. When you're playing a team like the Chiefs, sometimes might be holding them to 21, yeah. right? Holding them to 24. So you need an offense. Then on the flip side, which they have in Josh Allen. To say, hey, can we can we score multiple different ways? That's why you have Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breda down there at, at running back. That's why you have Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, keep naming the list of guys you have out at wideout. They're they're a complete roster. Yep, they are. Let's hit the categories on the Buffalo Bills franchise. Great. I went with an A because I love their owners. Love their owners. I think the Bugulas are first class. Um, I understand there's a cap to what they can really be. I, I get that. If you're going off of pure dollars and cents, it probably isn't an A. But for me, as far as identity, fan base, give a damn, and the ownership gives a damn, it's an A. They're the AFC Packers without the Super Bowls. Yes, it's a good point. You know, it's a great that's, call that's, there. That's kind of what yep. they are. Um, yep. The only reason I'd slip them to a B-plus is just there's some uncertainty with the stadium. Uh, they're always going to be in Buffalo. Goodell was emphatic. They're not leaving yeah. Buffalo, but they do need to get the stadium situation sorted out there. Uh, but it's unique. It's it's a really unique place, and I love it. I love it. I love the fan base. I love all everything about it. I, th- I think it's pretty great, and I think it's cool. I think it's great when they're good, and they've been good a lot of time in my life. Uh, perfect uniform. I got very specific on this one. It's the one that they wear right now with the white helmet, yeah, the blue jersey, and the white pants. That's right. It's flawless. I wrote current. It's flawless. They nailed it. Yes. It's everything. They yes. took the they took the the leaping buffalo from the Jim Kelly era. They used the white yep. hat from the OJ Simpson Jack Kemp era. They used the yep. bright blue. It's stunning. It's a beautiful Perfect. uniform. It it's is. Great. It's Their so throwbacks good. are great. The gray face mask, all of it. They crushed it. It's absolutely crushed. It they're beautiful. Absolutely. Coolest all-time player. This is tough. They got a lot of cool ones. Um, when you say cool, I'll put it this way. The guy that I used to play with all the time in Tecmo Super Bowl, I mean, it's Thurman Thomas for me. So I had good. the signed helmet as a kid. Very cool. It's the fa- I mean, and he wore the dork guy, face mask. He did. He wore like the fullback dork face mask his he whole did. career. Yeah, amazing? and rocked it. And he rocked, rocked it. it. It was crazy. Yeah. Like yep. That short with the bar in the middle. Absolutely. That's like the fullback face mask. Yeah. He wore it. It's incredible. He's not even fullbacks anymore. And he wore no. that as a running back back in the day. He wore it as a running back. It was crazy. I'll go Bruce. Didn't he keep Barry on the bench? I mean, he in, kept in Barry college, on the bench I mean, at Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got, you, you, they were in the same cool backfield. Yeah. Those who are in the same backfield at Oklahoma State. Now Oklahoma State without a home, essentially. Right. I'll go Bruce Smith. Um, but it had to be somebody be from that one. era. Yeah. Um, those defenses were pretty legit with Cornelius yeah, Bennett and him and Daryl Talley. Uh, those, yeah, were, were. those were squads. Uh, play their grade. Funny dude. Um, play their grade. I put B minus. So playing there, you're going to be an icon. It's going to be incredible, but it has the same feel as Green Bay, right? Where it's like, I'll put it this way. If you're ever like in a season where you miss the playoffs, it can't be a fun place to be. Long. You know, so I put B minus because I think the highs are so high with the fan base being incredible. The ownership will take care of you, but you ain't living in Buffalo. I think one of the most remarkable things is that Jim Kelly refused to go there because he did not want to play or live in Buffalo and now lives there full time. Right. Made it his home. Loves it. 
It's incredible. Uh, I go Crazy. B plus. I, I'm sure that it's it's got the feeling that you have in Green Bay and Cleveland and Pittsburgh and some of these other places. Almost a collegiate feel. New Orleans has it, where it's Sunday. This is what we do, and the whole city stops to go watch the Bills. And, yeah. and that that I think that's got to be pretty cool. Quarterback grade, QB grade. I'm going A. Yeah, it's an A. Hey, contender. Uh, I will go A minus. They're one of them. They could win the Super Bowl. They get everything. They're one you of need. them. They get everything you need. And they've got some kryptonite for Kansas City too with that defense and up front. Sure do. Um, yeah, yeah, they got it. It's it's going to. As be you fun. look at the rosters now, you really say, okay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland, in the AFC. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think the loss of Do- we'll get to the AFC North later on, but I, I think the loss of Dobbins is pretty significant. For oh, absolutely. I think that's yep. a, a big, big, big loss. Um, we hit the New York Football Jets coming up next. Matt Perino can join us at the bottom of the hour on the Bills front. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on the fan. On air, online, on the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. The best, best in the Midwest. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. I want to talk to you about my friends at Germain Toyota. If you're in the market for a new car, I've been telling you about the amazing deals you can get on Tacomas, Tundras, Camrys, Corollas. But don't forget about their buying center. They will buy your car for top dollar, even if you don't buy theirs. Stop by Germain Toyota for a hassle-free, no-strings-attached offer today. They're east of downtown, 5711 Scarborough Boulevard, or online, germaintoyota.net. If they hit on Zach Wilson and he's as good as he looked in preseason, they had a hell of a draft. Yeah. Because I like Elijah Moore a lot. Vera Tucker's very strong up front. Michael Carter out of North Carolina is a running back. Not bad. Not, Not bad, bad, Coach. Nope. But it all, it's all Wilson. It's all yep. Wilson. You you liked what you've seen Yeah, uh, on him. And it's hard not to. I think the arm is just, you know, it's it's some of the throws that you saw at Pro Day and stuff, and you're like, okay. Let's see it in the NFL, and then some of the games in the preseason, you've been like, okay, well, well, there it is. There it is displayed. Now, will that lead to full wins, losses for them? I'm not sure the roster It doesn't overall. matter, right? It doesn't matter. It's, it's Do you have a guy? That's all these – only thing these teams want to answer when they take a quarterback early in the draft is do we have a guy to build around, or is it a position we have to continue to keep evaluating? Because when you have a guy, you don't evaluate. You forget about the quarterback, you move on. Boom. We got one. Such a game changer. It is. You just go – you don't have to worry about it, and, and uh, yep. if you don't have one, that's all you worry about. Yep. Yep. You know they took the guy Beckton a year ago, uh, yep. early, um, and and so th- their offensive lines coming around a little bit. They've got some interesting weapons uh, yep. defensively. They've they've got some pieces here and there, and if Wilson is good, then they then they're on their way. They're on their way, um, and then they have they have stability. And I think Robert Sala will give them stability that they didn't have. Uh, You'll never understand. You'll never understand the amount of chances that the previous regime got. You, you'll never understand it. And did they wreck Sam Darnold? Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, but Zach Wilson doesn't have to deal with that. So mm-hmm. they will be stable in that front, and I think that'll go a long way. Uh, let's hit the categories on the Jets. Franchise grade. I'm gonna go C minus. I think you're it's in fair. New York City. You're in I New think York it's City. Might even be generous. 
and you're you've really been irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I think about them, I think about like Mark Sanchez. Yeah. For a bl- brief time with Rex Ryan, and then I think of like Wayne Corbett. Yeah. Curtis Martin, Vinny Testaverde. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's a C. Yeah, maybe it's a D plus. Really underachieving, considering yeah. what they ha- that they're in New York, what they have yep. at their disposal, some of the places they've drafted, mm-hmm. all of that. It's you know, it probably is a D plus. Um, you know, in terms of. It's not one of the worst franchises in the league. To your point, they've won with the people that you've named. I mean, they had Parcells. They won with Parcells. They won with Rich Ryan. Yeah. But it's just they've never been able to even really be close to what potentially you should. There's a lot of Bears feel to them. Yeah. Uh, where it's yeah, just like, is. geez, how yep. are you not better than you've been? Um, yeah. Perfect uniform for the Jets. These are dreadful. These are dreadful. Um I think the ones – I'm a fan when the helmet just said Jets um, versus, like, the football with the Jets in it. And the then green now, I mean, one with the Jets? Yep. Or the green yeah. one with the Jets is fine with me. Like the um, Gastineau era? Yes. And that era of Jersey is fine. Like, it's it's really – their whole history has been tough. Oh, if, yeah. I, if, if you're making me pick one, I'm going there. I think – I'll go Namath. Um, when they had that – they went back to that prior to this one with the white, with the Jets and the football, but they had the yeah. green too dark. Yeah. Green needed to be a brighter green. Uh, yeah. If you go look at Namus Green, it was actually pretty bright. I, I, that's probably the. This is not it. What they're wearing now is not. No, it. this ain't, ain't it, Coach. No, <laughs> coolest all-time player. I know you're gonna go Namath. That it's the right answer, but I'm going Curtis. But I think people forget how good Curtis Martin was. Yeah. So I just had to bring up his name because of how damn good he is, or was. Yeah. So don't don't sleep on how good that that guy was. Um, incredible. Namath's, Namath's the right answer. Uh, Gastineau was pretty cool. You know, when he played, yep. it was pretty dang cool. Uh, yep. Daryl Rivas was pretty dang cool. He was. Uh, so so they, when you they, when you when you're nicknamed Rivas Island, I think yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty. Good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Play their grade for the Jets. <sighs> you know what? I'm gonna go B minus. You're in New York, so there's opportunity, but you're you're overlooked, you're you know, by the Giants, list. you know. So you're not the Yankees, you're not the Knicks. Yeah, but you're still in New York. So See, you have the I, airport. You can fly. You places. do have the airport. <laughs> I go C because I don't I don't love New York. I don't either. But it's there's like a lot fine of people who do. To me, yeah, like it's just fine. New York's fine to me. You know, like big cities are just fine to me. Anyway, I mean, you know, what I mean, like there's other bigger cities. Like big cities, not bigger, but big cities that I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's just a big city. I yeah, everyone. Oh, it's New York, so that's okay. It's fine. No, it's all right. It's fine. It's, it's, I, it's, it's I find it actually overwhelming when you fly in there and you yeah. see all the buildings. You're like, oh my gosh, like yeah. Lock how does even how does this even stay afloat? Not just right. sinking. <laughs> uh, quarterback grade. Um. <laughs> uh, I'll go B minus. Just don't know. Hope though. Just don't know. I agree with you. I think hope. You have hope with B it. B minus says you're better than average. There's hope. I can you're sell passing, hope. passing grade. Yeah. Yeah. Contender grade. Uh, D. This yeah. is the only one where the quarterback in the because he's a rookie and just there's too many other things in the roster. There will be a couple of other of these in the AFC. We get to Jacksonville. Yeah. It'll be this with the quarterback grade far outweighs yeah. the contender grade. 
yeah. and, and this is this is one of those as well. Matt Perino covers the Bills for Syracuse.com. We've had him on before. He's very, very good. We'll ask him about the Bills, ask him about the division. It's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. So much soccer, your head will explode. Inside the crew. Tuesday, 98. Proud to be your flagship home for crew soccer. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Take his first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. It's pretty remarkable when you think about uh, Buffalo, Green Bay, um, and it, it speaks to the power of the NFL's model. And and everyone else has tried to duplicate it, right? Everybody would love to have straight revenue sharing, but the the infrequency of games, mm-hmm. the fact that they're all on national television, and and they're not on you know regional networks. Yeah. And the fact that the NFL has said, look, we're all in it together, allows for the hard cap, all of it, the things that make it impossible for players and why the players' union is one of the work, worst uh, of all the – it's not one of the worst. It's the worst players' union in professional sports uh, in North America of the big four, without question. Um, but because of all of that, Buffalo can be a contender. And yep. Green Bay can be one of the most stable, best franchises. And Pittsburgh can be a contender for decades. Yep. We, we're doing the we did the we just did the Jets and the Bills. Yep. The Bills have played in what? They played in four Super Bowls mm-hmm. in the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Jets have never played in one since Namath. Yeah. Haven't played in one since Namath. Yep. Bills have played. Bills are ready to contend this year. Jets are nowhere. You'd say, my God, one's in New York. Yep. What's yep. the problem? No, <laughs> they share the money, and everybody yep. has the same event. And you can win That's anywhere. It. That's it. It's the beauty of it. Yep. And you think yep. about even the other part of this that, that shouldn't be misconstrued because it's it's this is a real part, too, is the season is so short, although the games are getting longer this year, now 17 games. It'll be season next sh- year, but yeah. Yeah, did you hear that line from last night on the broadcast from Collinsworth and Michaels? So Collinsworth was really pushing that in much of the broadcast about, hey, look, we're gonna we'll be at eighteen sooner rather than later. Of course, they're not gonna have an in even in an odd amount of games played. Right. My guess is they go seventeen next year to give because right now I think the AFC has nine home games and the NFC has eight. So they'll probably Bounce keep it, it at out seven. for a year and then yep. and yeah. then we'll go to eighteen. And he said we'll go to eighteen and we'll eliminate the preseason. And uh and Al Michaels says something to the effect of I'm all for that, right? <laughs> like, you know, as he's calling the the middle of a of just a ridiculous game. Yeah. Uh, but but part of the beauty of uh, of the NFL's model is you can win big anywhere, and and they're set up to win big in Buffalo this year. Matt Perino joins us, Bills beat writer, Syracuse dot com in New York Upstate joins us. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we look at this Bills team and we go, okay, you're ready to go. And one thing that I'll admit I was wrong about, I didn't know if you could teach accuracy. You can, and Allen has thrived and is a serious MVP contender. As you look at this team and you you look at them through the prism of Super Bowl contender, where are the holes if there are any? You know, I think one of the big things that happened last year was that this offense was able to do a lot of what it did with without crowds. So that's been one of the big talking points this offseason, like having full stadiums on the road, a couple of tough matchups in the regular season. How's Josh Allen going to deal with that? Um, so that's one piece. The defense was it was fine last year, and I thought that they got better as the year went on. But that's an area that you know they they kind of pinpointed early on this offseason that they had to get better at the point of attack. They went out and they drafted 
uh, two defensive ends in Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham. Then they went out and they signed Afi Obata, who had five and a half sacks from Carolina a year ago. They're familiar with him. Their their defensive line coach, Eric Washington, was a, played a big role in developing him. So they, they want to win up front. They want to affect opposing teams' quarterbacks. And by doing that, they think they'll force more turnovers. They have a really star-laden secondary. I mean, obviously, Tredavious White gets a lot of the headlines, but Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, for my money, are probably the best safety uh, tandem in the NFL, or at least in the conversation. And so I think that that's the piece. They want to force turnovers. They want to continue to re- rely on this passing game. And we saw Josh Allen over the weekend uh, come out and, and throw on the first 15 plays. So Brian Dable is still in his bag, if you will, uh, uh, calling plays on this, for this offense. Matt, I'm wondering when you when you talk about the defense improving, um, how much does how much do you and then how much do you think the staff kind of accepts that the, there's a new normal in what good defense is because of the explosiveness of these offenses and and the rule changes and all that stuff. I mean, gosh, when I played, it was like keep the team to 14 points or less. You're thinking my, that just doesn't happen very much <laughs> anymore in the National Football League. What what is kind of the aiming point for this defense? It, you can play the Chiefs. Home the twenty one. That's a good day defensively. Just what is that new normal? Yeah, I think that you know finding a way. I, I feel like that number's probably ballooned up somewhere around twenty five against some of the good teams in this league. And this offense last year, you know, in most games they're going to win. But you, you for a team that this is this good now, the roster is this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, great. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, from one to fifty three. Once that we, we get to cut down data tomorrow, you put this roster up against most teams in the league, and it's going to hold up pretty well, but it's about getting past those powerhouses. How are you going to deal with Kansas City on a day when maybe your offense you know, only scores 24, 25 points, and you need your defense to make plays? They think by forcing more turnovers, I think that they can do that. You can go back two years ago in 2019 when I thought you know Josh Allen was starting to show some of the progress that he's made some of the signs that maybe there were some things happening this defense was still what allowed them to win a lot of games they held teams under 20 points a game uh they got pressure on the quarterback they forced turnovers and so that's the thing they they just want to take more advantage of it take it away more than they give it away and that's another area that i think is not talked about enough about josh allen's game this is a guy that you know put the ball in harm's way a lot as a rookie and last year he only had 10 interceptions and so they, they want to continue that trend as well you know, it just comes down to the, I guess what I'm interested about is they are set up right now, and we spend a lot of time talking about the Browns, and, and I actually make the case that the, there is pressure on the Browns to win right now, because they're going to have to start paying people. And and when you have to start paying people, it starts to get a little tight. Right now, they haven't had to do that yet. Obviously, there's an extension in place uh, for, for Josh Allen coming forward. Is there pressure on Buffalo, because they're in a very similar situation, Matt? Yeah, there's pressure for sure, but uh, I, I kind of feel like there's there's always pressure and urgency to win in the NFL because you never know how the team's going to be from year to year. But I do think that you know with the contract extension for with for Josh Allen for the the core that's in place, I do think that they're they're starting out on a pretty nice window here where they'll be able to be competitive over the next couple of years, but. You look around the AFC, and a lot of teams are are, are retooling, are, are kind of building themselves up from the ground. I, I feel like a Jets team is a good example of why you may want to put a little bit more pressure on yourself this year to win because they might they seem like they're trying to figure it out, and and they have a nice couple pieces in place. If Zach Wilson hits, they're going to be tough. I think New England's going to be tough this year. I think Miami's going to continue to be tough. We'll 
continue to follow what's going on with the quarterback position. But in the AFC, it's still going to come down to beating Patrick Mahomes. And I think the cool thing for the Bills is that they had two games last year against them where you know they were outplayed significantly in both games. And so they'll get another crack at them in week five and maybe get a chance to show how far they've come. I will say one of the things, my biggest takeaway from the from training camp preseason is Devin Singletary looks like the real deal. I feel like he went back to the drawing board this offseason, figured out what he needed to do differently because it was a big change. I mean, he was running the ball 18, 19 times a game in the second half of his rookie season. Last year, they were throwing it so much they didn't need him to run it. And I, I feel like the running backs kind of fell into this weird little void where they didn't really know how to produce and that with the looks that they they had. Devin Singletary, every time he's touched the ball in the preseason and throughout training camp, he's been explosive. So I look for him to have a big year as well. Matt, how do you see the AFC, AFC East excuse me, ultimately shaken out? I have the Bills winning it. Uh, I, I like everything that, that New England has done to try to catch up. Uh, I think that we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens with that quarterback spot. And that's, to me, the one team that I think could potentially push the Bills if they get consistent play from the quarterback position, whether that be Cam Newton or Mac Jones. And uh, I think it's going to be tighter. I just think that the Bills' schedule, if you go if you go 1 through 17 here, there's not really a lot of games that are scaring you. And this is a team traditionally under Sean McDermott that really has won the games they're supposed to win. So I don't see a scenario where they win any less than 12. And I think 12 gets the job done in the AFC East. So I'm picking the Bills to win it again. Matt, great stuff as always, bud. Thanks for your time. Anytime. Take care, guys. All right, that's Matt Perino. Covers the Bills for Syracuse.com and New York Upstate on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We hit Thing or Not a Thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the Jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. The fan. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper's here. Go, Chopper. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. Let's do it on a Monday. Javier Baez on the Mets players' new thumbs-down celebration to their own crowd. Quote, we're not machines. We're going to struggle. It just feels bad when I strike out and I get booed. We're going to do the same thing to let them know how it feels. (laughs) Thing or not a thing. (laughs) I don't know a single player. This isn't going to go well. Who has taken on their fan base and gone at them and won. Yeah. I can't think of one. Hey, Javier, it is your job to perform, to execute, to produce. Yeah, That's literally what you're getting paid millions of guaranteed dollars to do. And while I understand we are human, it's not a surprise what you signed up for. I'm it's not. a performance-based industry, like a lot of other workplaces in the world. If you don't perform, you will get fired. I'm not yeah. boo-your-own-players guy. I'm not either. I think it's kind of Never. I think it's lame, and I don't. I also don't think that. I don't think that like buying a ticket gives you license to say anything you want. No, I obviously I don't. don't either. But I'm like, but at the but same also, time, what are we doing your friends? Here? Like, can't you just if you're him and you're Lindor and those guys? Don't if you want to do this as like a rallying cry for you, don't you just do it and then just don't say why? Yeah. Just keep it keep it in the room? Yeah. 
Why go public with it? Yeah. There's no end that's good here. Lindor's in the first year of that deal. Yep. The Vikings and Harrison Smith agreed to a four-year, $64 million extension that makes him the second highest paid safety in the league. Mm. Thing or not a thing? Mm. Safeties. Right? Yeah. So that's the thing that jumps out to me is the... Uh, Chops, do you have the guaranteed money on this? I'll look into it. Yeah, because Jamal Adams, that deal yeah. got done. Um, and and I think it's a position that there's it's going to be starting to... It's kind of like how tight end is. Yeah. Offensively, it's, yeah. there's a lot of parallels. Um, so I think the guaranteed money's a big deal here. Uh, but we've seen a couple of these deals in the last two weeks. Twenty six point three eight million okay, guaranteed. So that's, that's way down from you know corners and linebackers, especially yeah. three four yeah. linebackers. Yeah. Um, and DNs, D tackles. So it's still way so it's down. So it's list. a deal worth twenty six million. Yeah. But he's also an all pro type safety, so he could hit some of those incentives. But yeah. The team's banking on he's aging. He'll still be a really good player, but probably not all pro. He's right. banking on I'm still all pro. I'll take the lower guarantee. But like you see it, and you're like sixty million. That's twenty something. That's twenty six. Yeah, that's what he's guaranteed to get. After that, it's it's incentive based. Rajon Rondo agreed to a buyout with the Grizzlies over the weekend. Today, he is expected to clear waivers and will likely be signed by the Lakers, according to Woj. Thing or not a thing. Not a thing. I mean, the actually, he'll. I should say, sort of a thing, because if he can stay healthy, he's a pretty good playoff player. But like the Lakers would, the team that they're putting together would have been a dream team in two thousand eight. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like Westbrook, Come on, man. Anthony, Father Time, got Rondo, nothing on them, bro. LeBron, LeBron's giving them his wine, you know. Marcus All, like some ten deer years antler ago, spray, this is a squad, creams. Man. Yeah, they're fine. Anthony Davis and a bunch of old dudes. I'm not as good as I once was, but if we can limp to the playoffs, I'll be as good once well, for a seven-game series. That's why I said it's sort of a thing. Yeah. Because if they get there, they you know, and they have health. Just get to the Greek. Know. Yeah, they need some people that can carry them through the regular season on a Tuesday in Memphis. Yeah. Saturday night's preseason win was the Ravens' 20th in a row, the longest preseason <laughs> winning streak in NFL history. Thing or not a thing? No, they lost because they lost J.K. They lost. Right. What do you look? I guess I have to say it's sort of a thing because they win as a franchise. It's not like this is, yeah, you know, a, a franchise that can't sort it out winning twenty preseason games in a row. But yeah. they, it seems that it matters to them. It, they have a good culture. They've won mm-hmm. for twenty years, won a couple of Super Bowls. Like it has yep. worked. Whatever yep. they're doing is working. Yep. From ESPN hockey reporter Emily Kaplan on Sunday, it's been a moving target, but all signs point to a decision next week on whether NHL players are going to the 2022 Beijing Olympics or not. Sources I've talked to suggest an agreement between NHL, NHLPA, IIHF, and Olympic Committee is close, just down to some final items. Thing or not a thing? So, players want to do this. Yeah. It's great for the game. I almost feel though that like if it's in if the Winter Olympics are being held in a place that's not a hockey market, you shouldn't do it, right? Because there's no hockey in China that I know of. Pretty sure there's not. I don't know. They got teams, don't they? I don't know. I'm trying to remember like when I used to play NHL. Where they have they had the Olympic teams? Run a China China team out there? I have no idea. idea. I don't know. The rating would be like a 42. But like, it's one thing if you play in Sochi or Vancouver. You know, or someplace. Sochi, the some, vacation destination, the beach vacation destination. Right, they but held there the was Olympics. Yeah. right. 
But at least there was something with that with, like, yeah. you know, Russia cares about hockey. Yes, they do. I just don't know that – I don't know what you're – you're gonna, so you're going to be – if you're the NHL, you're looking at this, you're going, all right, we're taking prize commodities away from the middle of our season to mm. play in the middle of the night in the markets that matter to us. Yeah. And yet they'll still have more eyes probably than regular season NHL games. So. Yeah. Last one for you. Brett Bielema was asked if he was emotional following Illinois' win over Nebraska. Bielema said, quote, no, I was just sweating. Thing or not a thing? So great to have him back. Yep. It's so great to have him. He's a good football coach, especially up here. He's a great villain. He's a fantastic villain. I wish yep. he was a more worthy adversary. Yeah. Um, I missed him. I loved him at Wisconsin. Um, I, I mean, he he wasn't afraid. It didn't work well for him, but he wasn't afraid to take on Urban. When Urban first got here, he's the one. When Urban said our whole league's got to recruit better, it was Bielema who said he needs to worry about his own team, not worried about mine. So I like him. I just I think it's tough at Illinois, but yeah. this does set up you know when one of the better jobs comes open, he could go there. Yep, yep. He is. Um, I mean, it was hot, man. It was hot. It was, was ninety six, I think, at kickoff. And let alone the fact he had that short sleeve sweat jacket on too. I mean, that was a bold move. Probably dropped fifteen pounds, man. Yeah, probably gained yeah. it right back after, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Something tells right. me his diet wouldn't. <laughs> right. Match up. It is uh, so that was week zero. It is week one in college football. It is an awesome slate of games for week one. Uh, we will continue our previews of college football's divisions and conferences in the SEC West, where Nick Saban continues to run things, and where the SEC's power play does it force the hand of Ohio State and Gene Smith? So far, not. Is there a hand to be forced? We get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Sports talk distilled to its purest form. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. That's week one in college football, and it is a dandy of a week. We will open things, of course, on Thursday against Minnesota, but the slate is littered with really fun games, Alabama and Miami, um, Clemson and Georgia among them, and uh, it's awesome. It's it's one of the I, – I, Florida State, Notre Dame. There's a lot of great games this weekend. Yeah. Um, the Southeastern Conference is has run college football for about 15 years. No, we're in charge. <laughs> no. They're the captains. We're the leaders. They've been the captains for a while. No? Um, yeah, you know, it. there was a time. There was a time. Yeah. Um, that time is that time is past. Um, obviously, Ohio State is fine. They're, they're fine now. They're fine for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you, I think the last year, if you're looking for the biggest, if you need it, if you were somebody who's like holding on saying, boy, no, they don't, we still blah, blah, blah. I think the last year proved you where the Big Ten is as a conference. Mm-hmm. When you think about how mismanaged the COVID situation was a year ago. Yeah. And you think about what happened in conference expansion mm-hmm. this summer and nobody saw it coming. Yeah. Your job, if you're Kevin Warren, is to see it coming. They and pulled they the rug out. Nobody Surprise. saw it. Yeah. yeah. And they, they in, with that move, those two things – when everybody else, when we shut it down and we're not going to readdress it, we're not playing football. Do you remember you and I trying to sell? Oh yeah, we're going to play in January. Going, wait, what? No, we're doing what? As cases no. are flying, we're going to play in January. 
But just say, what are you talking about? And what did Sankey mm-hmm. do? We're going to get everybody on campus, and we're going to play at the end of September. Yeah. And we're going to play a full season, SEC only. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. And they did it. And yeah. they pulled it off. And they won another national championship in the process uh, for Alabama. And and then in the off season, they had the two most valuable entities other than Ohio State and USC and Notre Dame that you could add. And they put them in their conference. Yep. It's as big yeah. a power play as you can have. It what is. they've done. It is. And um, your job as, as commissioner of the Big Ten is not just to see this move coming and counteract it. Your job is to make the move. When you become yes. president of the Big Ten, it's to say, how can I strengthen my conference? Yeah. That conference over there in the Big 12 looks to be a little weak. Maybe we could get Texas and Oklahoma. And you know what? It would help our member Nebraska out a lot competitively. Um, it, would not, it would enable the Big Ten to not only go from Lincoln, Nebraska to Piscataway, New Jersey. I'm not saying New York. Piscataway, New right. Jersey. But down to Austin, up to Minneapolis. It expands... It expands. It, yeah, I, I think. Look, it also I, I, puts a fence around what the SEC could do. Yep. Yep. You would it have does. a true counter to them in 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 that part of the country. Yeah. You you could put up a wall. Texas A and M is not Texas. They're not Oklahoma. Right. They're not. Right. It's, it's a different level. Yeah. And if if that was ever on the table, and we've heard from plenty of people who said that it was certainly with Oklahoma that their original preference was in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten said no. Um, that's failure. That's failure is what it is. And the thing that I think you got to be careful about if you're Ohio State, let's not let's take the Big 10 out of it. The thing you got to be careful about if you're Ohio State is marrying yourself to that farce of an alliance of last week. Right. And marrying loyalty there. Yeah. Because what I think that Sankey is doing here and what the SEC is doing here mm-hmm. is positioning themselves to go it alone. If they need to, yeah. I'm not saying it's their agenda right now. Right. I'm not right. saying they want to do it by 2025, but their voting block is so powerful. Yep. And the teams that occupy that conference are so good, and the yep. following so great, and the television audience so big. Yeah. That they could conceivably say, if you don't, if you don't like the sandbox that we built, go mm-hmm. play in another one. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall, I mean, there's a lot here that that needs yeah. to be adjusted. If you're, if you're the Big Ten, if you're college football, there's a lot that needs to be adjusted. Um, I think there's need to be. We've talked about the super conferences. I think it can be only 80 teams. You know, um, yeah. you can make it truly. Re- so you start talking to yourself. How on earth does? Three quarterbacks go from L.A. over to the East Coast to play football. It's because they don't feel they can be represented on the West Coast, playing on a West Coast team. So there's you no saw the UCLA crowd. Yeah, absolutely. The there's no belief. Here's the reality. There's no belief on anybody west of Oklahoma that they will get a, that they will be represented when it comes to the national championship. Mm-hmm. Now it's not to say it's not their own fault, but if you want it to be truly national interest in the sport, teams from the West have to be involved. So you say, oh, they got, they got to get better. Oh, maybe. Maybe. 
But under the old BCS, they were involved because there was a system that was a computerized system that said, you know, let's throw them in a New York, you know, a New York six. And there's there's at least a national debate about teams out west. Yeah, you can't artificially manage it, but like if you break it up into like just say four regions: east, south, north, west. Boom, twenty teams each, super conferences. And then you tell the MAC and those schools just drop down a level to the FCS. Go play North Dakota State. You'll yeah. save money. You'll save money. Um, to be honest, from things that I know, I know that a lot of MAC schools were really close to doing so because of the pandemic. They're saying, my goodness, we're going to be $20 million short on a budget this year. And you want to save 15? Quit trying to recruit with Ohio State's. Yeah. Right? I, I, and, I don't know if people realize how bad it, it was last year for some of those schools. I, I know for a fact one – I mean, one MAC athletic program was is hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Thread. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. And so the haves and have-nots have separated. And what the SEC has done, and we're talking about the SEC because they're up right now in our conference previews as we get set yeah. for the opener on Thursday. Uh, yeah. What they have done is they have they have put so many power programs in one place mm-hmm. that the power that they wield, and it, it, it goes even beyond where they are now, they, they have positioned themselves to add to it um, yeah. with the – Boy, you don't think Clemson? And we had the Clemson guests on. No, they're good where they are for now. For yeah. now, they are Florida yeah. State, Miami. I mean, they mm-hmm. they could get to twenty in a hurry and say, "Hey, we're just going to play us." Yeah, we're just going to play us. We're good. Yeah. We're just going to play us. Um, and and that's the thing that they did with Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma were big enough that if they had gone somewhere else or if they had stayed in the big, that's why this is bad for college football, man. Yeah, it's bad because this. ultimately, like, so up here we say. Well, that's not a true national champion. You're not nationally represented. To them, they say, we don't care. So what? And it fits into the culture care? of our lives right now anyway. When Absolutely. you talk about no matter what it is, when you talk about how to handle Folks. Afghanistan, we talk about how to handle the vaccine, we talk about, it's no, I think I'm right. I don't care what you think. We're doing it this way. People and, up here, if you've never been down there yes. to like the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. have no, it's hard to put into perspective because all we have is, oh, it's like the Big Ten championship game. No, no it's, it's not. not. Yeah. No, it's not. For for them, that's the one. Yep. Win the SEC. That's the one. Yep. And everything else is kind of gravy. But and of course they want to win the national title. But win the SEC championship. But they think the national title is a given if they win the SEC. Yeah. That's, like, you know what I mean? Like if they win that one. Like yeah. honestly, like if you're Alabama and you say, or even like Florida last year in the SEC, man, if we beat Bama, we're yeah. beating Ohio State. We're beating. Yeah. Like we're we're we beating so and so. You know, we're beating. It's a mindset of if we win this one. Yeah. Well, the next one's a step down. Yeah. And as you look at the SEC West, which is what we're dealing in now, uh, it is Bama. There's a lot of buzz about Texas A&M. And, and people, I, I heard Herbie I on game why. day talking Cullen about Bama and Texas a I don't understand it. I why we keep it. Port- it's like they it's just like had Jim, to assign Jimbo must team. be just really good with those guys. He must be because he doesn't have – I mean, they get housed when they play Bama. Housed. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, they've they got a young kid at quarterback who's mm-hmm. – you know he's a kid. He's yeah. he's going to beat Bama with what they've done. I know he's recruited pretty well, but he's not recruited at the level that Bama and Georgia have recruited at. Uh, yeah. And we see that with Penn State and, and Michigan. It's there's a big difference between recruiting where we do, where Bama does, where Georgia does, and where yeah. Texas A and M does. Um, yeah. LSU's got a ton of talent, but you just it all it's going to just come back to they hit lightning in a bottle with yeah. 
with with Burrow and Joe Brady, yep. and they're gone. And so you don't know about that. Mississippi's interesting with both of those coaches, with yep. Kiffin and Leach. I'm I, that's interesting. And then Auburn's got yep. a new coach at Auburn. Yeah, after Gus Malzahn beat Auburn. I'm sorry, beat Alabama every once in a while. He coordinated the national championship win that they had, uh, got him into another one, and he gets fired. Not good enough. <laughs> what? Not yep. good enough? Yep. It's it's remarkable, um, you know, where it is. Uh, I like the coach at Arkansas. I think he's hilarious. Sam Pittman. I yep. like that guy. Um, and, and that's a program that's kind of been dormant for a long time since we beat them in the Sugar Bowl. They haven't, when Bobby Petrino got fired and Bielema was a big part of that, they haven't been able to figure it out. So you circle back to Bama and you just go, who's stopping them? And you understand why they're number one. And you look at his run and you say, for me, it's the most impressive thing in the history of college sports. His dominance really is. Yeah. Yeah. He is, um, I'm not even sure it's a debate anymore the best college football coach ever yeah um, yep, i agree he is the ability to keep that drive as a head coach yeah is the same as belichick it's the same as brady as a player it was the same as michael jordan as a player right it's i've reached the mountaintop I still have a chip there's still something that motivates me to continue to do it i mean you talk about a guy who could just sit back answer phone calls, be at a lake house. Oh, I don't actually have to be invested. No, he's the one driving it still. Yeah, right. And by, and, and may, rest assured, he's the genius. We talked earlier yes. about Ohio State when Shiano came in and, and some of the things that happened in the linebacker room and how, boy, this doesn't look right. Or even offensively when Herman yep. left, right? And you're yep. like, geez, what, what is, this isn't right. That's not right. Go look yep. at the coordinators who've left. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, doesn't matter. You want to yeah. run with uh, a plotting quarterback and and backs, and we're going to run it with big backs and a big offensive line, fine. You want a spread mm-hmm. quarterback, fine. We can do that. Yep. Fine. No big deal. Yep. Mac Jones, yep. stand in there, be accurate. Yep. Watch us. Sure. Sure. What do you need? We'll do. It. We'll win yep. however you want to win. It. Do- he is the genius. It's not coordinator... Coordinator lose. Oh, the drop off. What happened at LSU when Joe Brady left never would happen at Alabama. No, and they never no. get housed. Ever. Never get housed. Clemson housed him in the national championship game. That's about it. That's it. Usually, when they lose, it's a last second field goal, and they storm the field in Oxford. Right. I mean, that's it's rare though when they get housed. Yeah, it's one or two times in the time he's been there. And you think about what they are now. Number one dual threat quarterback in there. He's different than Mac Jones. My guess is they'll adjust. Because they got of everything else. Of course they will. Yeah, of course they will. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think that it is a it's – a, it's, a, it's interesting because when you look at their teams, there could be a team predicted to finish in the top two of the SEC West, top three, and still be on the hottest seat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll hit the categories on the SEC West coming up next. It is Bama, but it is pressure everywhere. Uh, We get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. All sports, all the time, and whatever it is Common Man and T-Bone do, we still don't know. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Listen responsibly. Now back to Bishop and Laurinaitis. 
Speaking of the, of the South, uh, did you watch any of the hurricane stuff yesterday? I hurricane did. Ida? I did. How many billions did they spend on that levy? <sighs> Thankfully, it weakened. Um, you know, by the time it hit New Orleans from a uh, from a wind gust standpoint, but the rain is mm-hmm. just overwhelming. And all I saw all eight of the grids or something like that that send electricity to New Orleans were compromised. Yeah, they said the Jefferson Parish. Um, I don't even know what you call her, but anyway, she was saying that ninety five percent of their power was out. Man, yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. got to, I'm telling you, you live down there, you got to, that's it. That's part of it. Part of it. Thankfully for, like, when we lived there, for the, for the year that we lived there, um, we didn't have any hurricanes hit. Um, and really where nothing, where, did, where nothing were you close. at down there? What were you? We were in Metairie. Metairie? That's Just across the bridge? Uh, no, it's south of the bridge, south of Lake Pontchartrain. It's it's literally, um, the western part of Metairie is, like, where the airport is, and then the eastern part oh, hits okay. almost the Garden District, so, like, downtown New Orleans, you're kind of right in between. I always get so twisted there because it's in, so confusing. It's so confusing because I see water and I assume that it's the Atlantic, that it's the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Like, so I th- assume the water's south. Yes. But the water's not south. The water's you, east. There's water so north, confusing. west, south. I get lost. You're like, oh, well, in New Orleans must be the most southern part. Well, no, not really. No. There's those houses that are on like wood planks out over the swamp. Right. But it's technically the Gulf, but it's swamp. And then there's like Pontchartrain, which looks like the Gulf. Right. But it's not. Yeah. It's confusing as hell. Yeah. I usually am pretty good directionally. New Orleans is the only one that uh, that confuses me. Didn't get All any right. better. I lived there for a year. It didn't help. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's really tough. Let's hit, uh, let's hit the categories. On the SEC West, if you were Lance Harbor... Where would you go in 2021? <sighs> SEC West. I, I have no explanation for why I don't like Alabama. I've never liked Alabama from even young. I respect the heck out of them. Yeah. But since I was young, maybe it was the colors. that doesn't make sense because I like maroon and gold, the gophers. But I just thought that the numbers. It looked, like What I thought was really boring growing up, I'm now like, all right, they're, they're just classic, right? They're just right. who they are. Um but LSU would be where I go, which won't make sense because of the next question. But <laughs> if I'm a if I'm a QB and I'm that guy, if you're Lance Harbor, yeah, and I'm going to wherever, I'm thinking, where can I go and be the man? You can go to Alabama and be the man. Yeah, but I feel like you know, but I feel like you know, There's Saban's the man. man. Saban's the man. Where can I go be the man? I'm going to LSU. That that night atmosphere there. Like, Bama's got a great stadium, but that atmosphere doesn't look like LSU. No. Uh, I think you'd probably have more fun there. Um, Yeah. And look, I told Joe Burrow to go to LSU. He did. Go to LSU. Highest ceiling. And they have so much talent. So when you have a dude at quarterback, it all realizes. When they have dudes at quarterbacks, they win national titles. Yeah. Kind of the way it goes. Um, And so, you know, that's probably a one. And another one I would have as a sleeper is Ole Miss with Kiffin. Yeah, I think those two would be pretty good because you can walk on water at Ole Miss. Absolutely, go ten and three. You don't have to win an ad, a natty. You can go ten and three at Ole Miss mm. and and walk on. You can go nine and four and walk on yeah. water at Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, coach on the hottest seat. I think Ed Ogeron. Ed Ogeron. Oh, what have you done for me lately? Two years removed from winning a national yep. title, and the seat's pretty hot. Yep. What have you done for me lately? 
This Burrow, is the thing that Brady. Makes, yep. And this is what makes the SEC. This is why Feinbaum works. Yeah. Because everybody down there believes that they they believe they're entitled to Bama. You could go to an Arkansas fan right now, and they would say, "Why can't we win five national?" Titles oh, they're like incredulous in how they've fallen. Yeah. They don't understand it. Yeah. Why? Why can't we win national titles at yeah. LSU all the time? Why can't? Wasn't that long ago? Peyton Hillis and, and Darren McFadden and Felix Jones and right, right. Everybody thinks they're entitled to it, and yeah. and Eddie O won a natty. You know, he yep. convinced Joe Burrow to come to LSU. Yeah, and they won a natty in one of the great seasons of the history of college football. And now I think it's I'm with you. I think it's seats pretty hot. Sneaky good job. You can win there. Just nobody really has. So it's funny because I don't think it's a sneaky good job when you're getting paid ten million a year at A and M, but no one's won there, so I, I eliminated that one off my radar. Yeah. Um, you're not sneaky good if you're getting ten million. Um, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss has like if Lane Kiffin gets a few wins here and gets some momentum, and he can recruit some guys, which they've always recruited well. The college atmosphere there is a good life for a yeah. young man. And Great life. If you have Lane Kiffin and you have someone who just keeps everything on track, like nothing ridiculous, right? Keep everything on track. Keep it about ball. They can win, man. Yeah. They can win. I would agree with you. I, I think A&M is, is probably, you're right, $7.5 million a year is what, what it's 10 yeah. years, 7.5. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, he'll see every penny of that $75 million. Um, I don't know why they've no, never won at Texas A&M. I don't understand yeah. it. I, I don't get it. Uh, but Ole Miss had the number one recruiting class in the country under Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Yeah. So that that Incredible. so when, think about that. I mean, that tells yeah. you like the, who you can attract to yep. those places, and those are the two that make the most sense. Sleeper team. I guess I'll say A and M. I mean, it seems to be popular amongst the other analysts that know the league better than I am. But they love them better than I do. They love A and M. I guess I'll say A and M. I don't see it. I don't think there is a sleeper team. I think this. I think the SEC West is Bama and everybody else. I honestly do. But I'll I go guess. Kiffin and Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral, a quarterback, back, um, and Kiffin's a pretty good ball play caller. Yeah. So you know, I they're not going to win it, but I th- I think they could be a little better than people think, and I yeah. they might be better off than A and M. I know A and M's got a lot of pro talent defensively and at running yeah. back, but boy, they're starting to kid at quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I, I like veteran quarterbacks in that league. Uh, yeah. And it seems like Mike Leach is a disaster at Mississippi State, <laughs> which I didn't – you know, I wondered how that would go there. Yeah. Not well. It's so far. So yeah. far not well. We'll see. Uh, who wins the West? Bama. Yeah. Hands down. It, it ain't hard. Yep. It ain't hard. Hands no, down. it's Bama. Yeah. Bryce Young, filling, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Next guy. Does yeah, not guys matter. After guys, after guys. You could tell me you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. They could go wildcat the whole game, and Bama would yep. win. Nick would find a way to drain the clock, convert some great third and shorts, play suffocating yep. defense. That's it. He's evolved from a team that literally was like big back, big back, big back, big back. They still have talented running backs. To Johnny Manziel upset him. He said, the hell with that. I need better quarterbacks. Yeah. I need to open this offense up. Yeah. Remember those games versus LSU that were just boring? Of course. Alabama they won and a LSU and championship like was it thirteen to nothing or something yes. like that when they beat LSU for the yes. national title. So he's won it Greg, that way. He's won it high McElroy. flying. I mean, look at who the, some of the guys who played quarterback for them. This dude won it playing that way. Yeah, Jacob yeah. Coker. Gosh, the, I swear the guts of these turkey vultures, bro. Anyway, but uh, yeah, but McElroy, 
Coker, and then all of a sudden you have Tua. You have Mac Jones. Devontae, you have a, he had a wide receiver for kind of one. Win Heisman. Yep. Something else, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. It is something else. Mike Rodak covers Bama for AL.com. He joins us coming up next for some perspective on the West and also the SEC's thinking in expanding. And if they're done, we get into all of that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. This is The Daily Show with Coach Ryan Day brought to you by Safe Lot Auto Glass. Having a normal summer camp, that has to be something that I'm sure you and everybody else around here, Ryan, is not taking for granted. No, that's right. Um, especially after last year, uh, getting back into routine was was great. Uh, we were back in the hotel, uh, air horns to wake everybody up in the morning. We had, um, you know, bed check at night, and it was it was it was it was a grind for our guys. So, but we learned a lot about it, and we forged uh, an identity, I think, in this preseason, and uh, some leadership emerged. Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Well, Bishop James Laurinaitis with you here on a Monday edition of the program. Time to head out to the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with Mike Rodak. Covers Alabama for AL.com. And before we get to the Tide and the West and all of that, Mike, if you will, uh, just the view from your vantage point of what the SEC has done uh, this summer, really even last year, taking the lead uh, through the COVID situation and playing the season, all SEC, and now kind of culminating with Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, James and I were talking about it in the in a previous segment. An incredible power play uh, out of the conference in Texas and Oklahoma, an incredible cherry on the top of the last year for the league. How do you view it from your vantage point? Yeah, exactly. I think there was a power vacuum there, and I think they, they saw the opportunity where they could have more power and, and seize more power, and I think they took it. And I don't think they're going to apologize for that. That seems to be their uh, their MO, or at least what they've been saying as of late. But at the same time, I know like after the whole Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 alliance came out last week, so you have Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, talking, and then you had Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, who's pretty powerful around this league. And essentially their message was, well, you know, this has happened before. There's but there's been expansion before. Why are we making so so big of a deal out of the SEC expanding and adding teams? But I think everybody can kind of see through that. I think this is just a a stepping stone towards something bigger. Um, and I, I don't think that they're just going to stop with Texas and Oklahoma. I think that you, you can almost see their vision, and it's like this. It's like a movie where you have this you know, this dark uh, evil monster, and he's he's looking at something in his head, and he sees what he wants in the future. And, I think for the SEC, it's they want to be this empire where they have all of the, the strongest teams in college football, and that gives them all the bargaining power in the world for TV deals and whatever else happens for the rest of college football, we'll have to see. But that's just the way I see it, um, is that they, they're certainly gunning for, for a Super League and, and something much bigger than just adding Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, Mike. I mean, you're you're spot on. I think you're you're being nice there with uh, <laughs> what the, what his response was to our alliance, which we've scratched our heads over. Um, I think really we're we're salty up here in Big Ten country because it would have been the smart decision for the Big Ten to try to reach out to Texas and Oklahoma and to help a school on an island like Nebraska that has basically no home right now in, in the conference. I'm wondering when you look out to the future. 
Do you have a sense of what teams that the SEC is eyeing up? Because this alliance where it's like, hey, we actually didn't put anything on paper. We looked at each other. I mean, a direct quote. We looked each other in the eyes. <laughs> we said, we're not going to take each other's teams. That's fine, but that doesn't mean the SEC isn't calling the ACC and some teams in that league to then to then leave there. Do you think the SEC targets some of those bigger brands in the ACC? I, I would imagine so. And obviously, it's something where, I mean, we didn't know about Texas and Oklahoma until it basically happened. I mean, they kept that very much secret for, for quite a while, even to the extent that the other schools in the Big 12 obviously didn't know about that, and that's why they were so upset, um, you know, after everything came out. But, yeah, I would imagine a school like Clemson, a school like Florida State, um, that just, you know, culturally aligns with the SEC. But even that, I mean, that might be thrown out of the window, too, because they're expanding west into, I think, a different, you know, bed of college football. But, yeah, Clemson, Florida State, I think, would be the brands that they would probably want the most. And the rest of the ACC, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of where they're at with football. Obviously, North Carolina's had a pretty good run here. Um, you know, would it ever be Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, you know, the, the real powers up top? I think it would it would have to be something bigger, just a, a power college football league for to geographically expand that far north. But I would imagine Clemson and, and Florida State would be – um, really the, the teams that they would eye if, if, if this is truly something that they want to do. Yeah, Mike, I, it's, I'm, Mike I'm glad you said I've been saying this on the show for a couple of weeks. Like, they, they're not done, and they, they're going to change they're going to change the narrative on what it means to be a successful college football program, right? So what I mean by that is forever it was, well, you got got to be 11, 12-0, 11-1. They're going to say, look, you go 9-3 and three in this league, that's better than going 12-0 and 0 in the Pac-12. That's more impressive. So they're going to change that, and they, I think they have the power to, and I think the people up here, not necessarily Ohio State, because Ohio, State, Ohio State's an SEC program in the north. They, 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 we care more about football than anything else by 100 miles, and it shows by everybody else. But I, I think that almost a Premier League soccer model, Mike, is kind of what they're, game, mm-hmm. what they're angling for down there. I would imagine, yeah. That, I think, is, is probably where it's headed long term. And, uh, again, the rest of college football, do they particularly care? I mean – Yes and no. I mean, Nick Saban had a whole interview a couple weeks ago with the ESPN, essentially saying, "Yeah, we, we we subsidize those smaller schools, those smaller programs." And in his mind, he thought it was a good thing that that happens, and those kids get to continue playing football. But he also said, "Look, if we go towards this model of it's just going to matter, you know, the thirty biggest programs are the only teams that matter." Then yeah, those rest of the, those smaller MAC programs and Sun Belt or whatever they they may cease to exist or exist in a much smaller sense so it's going to change a lot uh, that's just the way i see it happening whether it's five years 10 years whatever i I just don't think that this is just about texas and oklahoma this is just about the here and now i think this is a much bigger plan and strategic um you know move on their part mike as we look around the sec west i i have the feel from from up here that it's it's alabama's and everyone else is is trying to play catch up um Similar situation to what's going on at Clemson. Similar situation to what's going on at Ohio State. New quarterback, doesn't matter. Um, plug and play and, and have success. Is that the way that you're feeling down there in Alabama? Is that it is the Crimson Tides to win and everyone else is trying to catch up? Yeah, that's that's the way the media voted in the, in the preseason poll was for Alabama to win the West, Alabama to win um, the SEC. But I wouldn't say it's universal. I mean, like our columnist here at AL.com, Joe Goodman, put his power rankings out last week. I think he had Texas A&M and Ole Miss ahead of Alabama. 
because he just thinks that Alabama <laughs> sure. is too too young and too green on offense to to repeat in the same way that they did last year. So um, I, I don't know if it's a slam dunk. I think Texas A and M's a good team. Obviously, I think Ole Miss with with Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral can they've proven last year that they can give Alabama problems. Um, with that said, all it takes is Alabama to win those two games, and those are two pretty early games. I think the Ole Miss games, the end of September, and then A and M's the next week in um, in College Station, the first week of October. So, about that point, if Alabama's won both of those, and they've essentially won the West, unless Auburn can somehow figure something out, I, I, just, I don't believe in LSU this year. I know there's some people who think they'll bounce back and everything will be perfect and hunky dory again, but you lose your quarterback. I mean can make it pretty tough to do that so yeah i personally i think it's it's theirs to control there's a pretty big gap but again i don't know if that thought is universal mike what what will bama look like offensively with bryce young what what will the is it back to the tua from a couple of years ago what does it look like what type of player is he for those of us who haven't seen him yeah he's smaller that's the the thing that always struck me last year watching him he's he's a pretty small guy um which you know obviously gives you a little bit of um would get Alabama a little bit of concern just in terms of injuries and him getting hurt, but he held up fine in, in the games he was in last year. I think there was a deer in the headlights sort of aspect when he was in there where, um, you know, they had some delays of game and penalties and sacks in the red zone that just were kind of sloppy and he looked like a freshman. Um, but I think they, they tried to kind of bulk him up this offseason, but not so much where he can't run. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest difference is probably a little bit more maybe not design runs, but more plays where the quarterback's standing outside the pocket, making plays with his legs. You know, that's something where Mac that wasn't his bread and butter. I think Mac was more athletic than people gave him credit for, but, you know, that wasn't what he was really designed to do. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Tua was a little bit more mobile. They, they kind of did more of an RPO offense with him where he was in the gun a lot and he was getting the ball out quickly to Ruggs and Judy and kind of letting those guys run after the catch. I don't know if they have the same type of weapons at receiver, so maybe it's a little bit more of kind of young making plays with his legs, and maybe they lean more on the running game. I think that that's part of what I would expect as well. So it'll look different, um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think they're still if they don't score forty points a game, I think something will be wrong. Yeah, it's incredible, yeah. Mike. Great stuff, man. Appreciate your time. You got it. Thanks for having me on. All right, Mike Rodak covers Alabama for AL dot com. We've been, folks, we, the reason I've been telling you about this mm-hmm. It's a guy from down there saying what they're, they're doing. They're not done. This isn't it. No. This isn't it. So have all the alliances you want. Yeah. Guess what? what all, all that we did was make sure that we handicapped ourselves from the ability to take UNC, North Carolina, or UNC, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, you know, try to take care of some of the East Coast. We, We've got a commissioner it. saying, now I have time to study this. But the guy in the SEC goes... He's got the answers to the test. Oh, that doesn't include us. It wasn't even a, a promise of like, hey, and none of you all go to the Southeastern Conference. Man. <laughs> it's everything we thought... It's everything we've been saying it is, guys. If you're the president of North Carolina, you answer the phone. Hello? Right. Yes, great. Uh, good. Hey, how are yeah, you doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Right. We'd love to. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. I can't just... I can't Jeez. go to the Big Ten, but I can come down to you. Sure. Yeah, we're yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Three things on a Monday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here in the fan. News, opinions, and insight. All before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Bo is well-groomed. James brings the boom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis.
All right, time for three things on a Monday edition. Hit it, Chopper. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me, second game for Young Beamsy, the seven-year-old team. So in talking with the coaches last week, we decided to try something. Mm. Let's play. So we have 15 kids, okay. wide array of skill. Yeah. Let's play the horses. We call it our horses lineup mm-hmm. for the first series of offense and the first series of defense. The thinking is we'll score quickly because it's okay. a 25-minute running clock. Let's score quickly, get a quick stop, and then we can work everybody in and everyone gets touches. Yeah. So we did it, and it worked. We went from 20 plays the previous week to over 40. Every kid got it at least at least twice. Every kid got the ball at least twice, uh, and we won going away. Pretty mm. good job out of us. Mm. Pretty good job out of us. It's a good strategy, Coach. Good yep. strategy. Um, my first thing is the um, amazing inability of my oldest to get ready in the morning. Um, look, we we just all we want you to do, sweetheart, is eat breakfast. Right, take some vitamins, brush your teeth, buddy. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I think we asked her 15 times this morning to keep getting ready, buddy. When we put out the vitamins, they are all these little animal figures, yeah. you know, these little animal shaped sure. things, chewables, and it's like I look over, she's sitting at the table and she's playing with two of them. The cheetah is talking to the giraffe. What are we doing? Take your vitamins and put on your outfit, put on your Let's uniform. Shelly says to me. Can you imagine if she's picking out her own clothes and didn't have to wear a uniform? We'd have no chance. No chance. No chance. My first two things circle a little bit around the Illinois-Nebraska game. First up, I kind of like these weird transfer portal coincidences of revenge. So Noah Vedral, he transferred from Nebraska to Rutgers, right? Mm-hmm. This led to Arthur Sitkowski transferred from Rutgers to Illinois. Nebraska then knocks out Illinois starter Peters. Sitkowski comes in and he plays a very efficient, you know, rest of the first half and second half, and they beat Nebraska. And that might not have happened if they had just kept Vedral. <laughs> right. And Brandon Peters, who transferred from Michigan, was the one who was knocked out. Uh, number two for me. Hey folks, if when you're when you're thinking about why conference expansion. We talked earlier in the show about an 18-game NFL season. Um, I've, I've, I heard uh, Bob and Beam talking about the lack of tickets sold at Ohio State. Attendance in sporting events, especially football, mm-hmm. not a great look across the board. You see it in preseason. Nebraska, Illinois from reporters there, two-thirds full. Yep. Two-thirds. Yep. New coach, Nebraska in town, nothing. No excitement. UCLA was brutal for the game against Hawaii. You got no excitement, or people afraid to go to things in person still. I think it's. I don't think it's that. I think it's. I think it's the stay at home is so good, and no one has, and they haven't done enough, and they didn't do it quick enough at the venues to make it something that was enjoyable. Yeah, it'll be interesting if Ohio State isn't sold out again. You get face tickets for Oregon right now for face. I think that's more fear of pandemic than football related. Could be. Anyway, it's still surprising. No matter what it is, it's pay attention to it, right? Because it's happening. No matter what, no matter what the the reason is, right? It's it's a, it's it's happening, and that's why Oklahoma says, "Hey, we want to go to the SEC to try to get people to come into our stadium." Yep. Right. Um, we got Oregon coming in for crying out loud. You can get tickets. Yeah. That's that's surprising. My second thing. Did you see the picture of Andrew Luck? I did. 
Yeah. Chops, did you see this? No. My guy, it. Andrew Luck, is the first photo of him, and it was taken from it's the like side, so I'm not even sure if he's happened from it, since his retirement. <laughs> he's got on the pants. For one, I didn't even know these things still existed. The pants that you can zip off at the oh, knees yeah. to make That's shorts. Right. Talking to a high school football team, it looks like. Mm-hmm. My man, I... To be honest, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even clowning him. I'm just so happy for him because he is staying true to who he is. The authenticity on that young man is inspirational. Yep. Absolutely inspirational. Good job out of him. He's been playing scout team offense with uh, that high school team. My second, <laughs> my, <laughs> my second thing. So Nebraska and Illinois both play this weekend. So I guess the Big Ten just decided to treat week zero is a week anyways congrats to illinois on sweeping the big 10 weekly honors offensive player of the week defensive player of the week special <laughs> team player of the week and freshman that's funny that's very good i'm at dinner it's finally for me i'm at dinner saturday night with friends uh, my buddy and i are having a conversation about um drought out west because i was just out west and he's familiar with it and he was we were talking about the colorado river the waiter, and I'm, I'm. Look, we've been on this shit said a lot. I'm, I'm pro waiter, pro service industry, tip big, all that stuff. Waiter jumps in and goes, "That's not true." Like we're literally. He goes, Denver. <laughs> he goes, "That's not true." He goes, "Denver's great right now. There's no problems in Denver." Thinking that we were having some conversation about something else, clearly. Yeah. To which I say, Coach, we're talking about the Colorado River. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not some socioeconomic thing in Denver. Yeah. You're talking about the Colorado River being yeah. low. Coach. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was I, was I talking to you? I'm sorry. Were you? Oh, I'm not, I don't think you were in this conversation. I hate to see it. Um, but thank you. Uh, my third thing. I talked, to, I talked to Coach Truss yesterday. And my goodness, nothing changes. Nothing changes. You're always motivated to go change the world after you talk to JT. That is all. I mean, the wide ranging of topics that we covered, my man, as good as ever. It's good to talk to Tress. Real quick for me, finally got to hit some of the edges around the lawn with the with the Ooh. weed whacker this weekend. So the, the, the true landscaping ideas are starting to formulate, and I'm still figuring it out. But I have an idea of what I want to do with everything. Good job out of you, Chops. Ryan Day, press conference. It's game week. It's coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.